Jeez. Hello, and welcome to our first podcast. I'm Dan, and I'm here with uh, Zach. Say hello. I have to say something. Yeah, you have to say hello. I'll be supplying your coughing for this podcast. Yep, and uh, Rob as well. Oh. Hello. And... uh... (laughs) One word. (laughs) That's all I have to say on the matter. This is our first podcast, and it's going to be a podcast about gaming and just generally whatever we feel like chatting about. We're the guys who brought you HappySalad.com a few years ago. Quite a few years ago now, and <laughs> yeah, and um, actually been active yeah. for five years now, isn't it? Something ridiculous yeah. like that. It's been dead for a while, but we had a forum of of uh, loyal uh, loyal friends, <laughs> loyal, salad. like free guys. <laughs> yeah, who will hopefully be interested in this podcast and anyone else who might be interested. So uh, I thought we'd start with trying to figure out what to call it, though. Trondamental. <laughs> yeah, just. Just drop that train in there. Of oh, course, yeah. yeah. Also, I will be supplying trains to this podcast. Is the ambiance? <laughs> Apart from me, yes. Being Dan Train, uh, but uh, yeah, lots of trains going past uh, Zach's window. Other than Radio One, you know, they you know they actually built over the top of a tube station, pretty much. Can Every you now and then it? you get occasionally, yeah. They did this thing on Chris Moyle show once where they just sort of sat there for a bit and said, "Let's just all be quiet for a second. It's about the time for the uh, ten forty-two, and you could hear this like. Oh, actually, that's too quiet for the microphone to pick up. But too slight for your microphone to pick up. Yeah, but it's more of a hang on. In the background and the. You think they'd have insulated the uh, studios for a start? Yeah, but I suppose there's some vibrations you can't keep out. That's true. Uh, but I mean, yeah, anyway, Citron Dementon. A Citron Dementon. I wanted to talk about that. I mean, surely there's a tube train every like every like minute, practically, on like in the middle of you know where broadcasting houses. So yeah, it's I mean, every they'd be like actually every couple of minutes at most stations, isn't it? Something like that, at least. Yeah, exactly. So uh, having a timetable probably not that. Insert jingle here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have a jingle for. Um... We'll just call the podcast that. Insert jingle here. <laughs> Actually, it's not that it's bad. Nothing. No. No. It's not then again, neither is Citron de Menton. Menton. Yeah, can we initialize that? CDM? No, that's lame. <laughs> CDM? Yeah. IJ- IJH. <laughs> <laughs> Insert jingle here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was did did you listen to the Ouch this week? Yes, that doesn't work. Or we just need to, like, backronym it and come up with a stupid word and then apply some letters, uh, that, some words to the letters. Is that what it's called? Backroniming. Yeah, when yeah. You come up with a word first and then make up what each letter stands for. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like those, um, what's it called when you put two words together? Uh, you know, Google whacking. <laughs> That's when you search two words and you only get one mm. result, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hyphenating. Hyphenating. Double barreling. Yeah, squished half of one word into yeah, half of another word. Yeah, it's something stupid, isn't it? Yeah, like, beginning with P, like portmanteau or something. No, that's something to do with music, isn't it? Yeah, portamento. I never can remember that. Portamento, uh, that's yeah. something like the glide between the notes, I think, something like that. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit like glissando, but 
different. Opposite, as in, the, as in yeah. how much it bends, whereas Glissando is just, as far as I'm aware, although Naomi will fight with me about this, um, how it sort of doesn't bend, you know, it just sort of clips up to notes rather than having that smooth transition. Right. Like uh, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Square wave. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's this is the best <laughs> We've somehow gone from tube noise to glissando. It's great. Oh, glissando, how about that? That's better. That's quite snappy. That's semi intellectual. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's maybe too intellectual. Yeah, maybe. So we should probably explain where Citron to Menton came from, shouldn't we? Because otherwise, yeah. it makes no sense, is it? So this Not is that a famous. <laughs> no, no, but we should. This is the famous photograph of Zach uh, with his head through the hatch uh, between my old kitchen and the dining room, with his chin resting on a small jar of sliced lemons. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And thus yes. <laughs> and yes. I suppose we hadn't translated it for our non-French-speaking no. cousins. Well, like, called called us like English. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but this is only translated into French using the uh, Babelfish translator, so... Yeah, so it could be a bit wrong. It could be quite wrong. Citron de Menton. And then you're, you were trying to recall it the other day, and you were thinking Pom de Menton, weren't you? Oh, yeah, and Pom de Terre de Menton. <laughs> yeah, we, we went from uh, chin lemons to chin apples to... And potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> 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 doesn't sound quite so bad in French, does it? But in English, chin potatoes. <laughs> Pomme de terre de menton. No, is that right? Yeah. Uh, je suis le pomme de terre de menton. Uh, I am the. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. You are. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so. Starchy. Uh, <laughs> that would be you. You'd be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tasting myself. <laughs> Start Let, Let's move on. <laughs> 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 that could have all kinds of horrible connotations. <laughs> Sounded better in my head. <laughs> As so what? many things do. Tasting yourself sounded better in your head. Oh, it didn't sound quite so innuendo y. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a strange innuendo, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's not really that. It's not that delve on the matter. No, delve on the matter. <laughs> dwell, 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 matter. dwell, words. Delve, delve into the matter, not dwell. But let's not, yeah, right. let's not dwell or delve. In potatoes, then. Good. Yeah, no, that's not a good name for a podcast, is it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not, not one that has any sort of context, not that this does at the moment. So have we decided that Happy, Happy Salad is out of date as a name? No, it still stands, but it's not exactly descriptive. Non-relative non to what we're doing, as it was when it was about, here's some games we made. Happy Salad! <laughs> yeah, that's almost the strength of it, though, is that it doesn't have any yeah. direct connection to the old website. So we use it for whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, so uh, we want to use it for this. I mean, the Happy Salad podcast, is that too long-wieldy? I mean, we can't call it the Happy Cast. That, <laughs> that, that sounds a bit hippie. Yeah, it sounds a bit... Welcome to the happy cast. Salad cast doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, but it sounds like a salad. But but then surely it would be better if you called it the salad toss. No. Well, no, 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 not like that. But you know, because instead of salad casting, you know, you'd technically be tossing it, wouldn't you, rather than casting it across the room? Yeah. Well, what's someone on the internet going to think if they see salad toss? 
<laughs> well, it might come up in more people's search. You never know. <laughs> yeah, no, great. We really want that kind of people listening. Yeah, we really want that audience. Oh, dear. <laughs> we just call it the Rusty Tom Bowcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Yeah. That would be precise. Rusty trombones. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what that is? No, I think I'll go into that. But no, <laughs> yeah, I've got an idea. Yeah, it's similar to the. Oh. I think the. <laughs> I think I think the salad tossing is a component of the rusty trombone. But we. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, so I was also thinking maybe we could combine our initials in some boring way and see if we can make something like as a backronym, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Can we combine? Our, can we combine them in a way that makes a word, you know, that actually doesn't sound stupid with Z and D and R? Can you do that? Zerd. <laughs> Durs or Zerd. Zerd. Yeah. How about Zerd? Zerd, the Zerd cast. Zerd, the Zerd cast. I like that because... There's an E and an O in there, it's a Zeroed. Zeroed. Welcome to Zero cast. Zeroed. We'd need the D though, because that's my name, that's my part. That's what I said, the D, Zeroed. Zeroed. Yeah, I don't know. I think we should probably stick with Salad cast for the time being. That's fine. Okay. Hang on, I think... As appear in every oh, gaming focus podcast. Dad out there. We forgot to mention that. Dad may lag out and have weird gaps in his speech. Did I just lag out while I was doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do it. You, you matrix glitched. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm back in the um, the real world. I think we're doing this in the matrix, aren't we? Really. I can fit. I can see clear, green I around me. Yeah. It's definitely slight green tinge. That's just all that salad you've cast. Green overlay. <laughs> I've cast the salad, tossed the salad. Oh, oh dear. Anyway, so our first regular feature, as in every gaming podcast, is what you've been playing. So I'll start with um, Rob. What you've been playing, Rob? I've been breaking Uncharted 2. Breaking? Yeah, I made it, made it glitch out really badly. So it's not the first time I've had it happen with those games either. I made the, managed to break the first one as well. Um, you okay. get to a certain point and you try and um, you know do the action the game is telling you to do, like kill the big dude or enter the aircraft or something like that, and it would just not load the next scene and stop. And uh, mm. the worst thing was at this time is that it would that the game would save um, just before doing the uh, the load. So then you try and reload your save game. And it can't right. because it's got to the stage that crashes. Um, oh, I've had to That's uninstall nice. the patch in order to get it to work again, which is weird. Okay, so it's the patch's fault. Something like that, yeah. Or it's something it just doesn't get on with. So I uninstalled the patch and the game works fine again. But I had a problem with the first one where I had to, I actually had to patch it to fix the problem. But I had to do the opposite this time. Other than that, this brilliant sounds- game. Does PS3 have like mandatory um, uh, patching like, like the 360, like where it automatically does it? It's not mandatory. Um, oh. it, it, you, you can choose to cancel out, but it will keep pestering you about it. Right. It'll bring up, every now and then it will just randomly bring up the overlay saying there's an update available and you just circle out to cancel it. Um, just hmm. relatively irritating, but it doesn't affect... I think it's only when you need to do stuff that involve PSN that it... Uh, 
of flags the warning. Like, for instance, it came up when I got an achievement, and it's supposed to post it to my Facebook on Uncharted. Um, oh, and, yeah, uh, I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> fun times. Yeah, it's, so it's supposed to do that, but then, of course, it couldn't because it couldn't connect to PSN because it wasn't fully patched. Um, so I got the dialogue come up. And, uh, so is this a problem with PSN rather than Uncharted? Because I heard they had that problem where, like, nobody... It did, yeah, but it's supposedly fixed because it was just date-related. It was like the, that was that was stupid in itself. They couldn't they, for some reason. Um, it was a cal- they calculated leap years incorrectly. Um, oh yeah. And so it it couldn't quite work out why the 29th of February didn't exist. So on the crossover yeah. between the 28th of Feb to the 1st of March it, for a day, it just all went a bit wrong. Um, yeah. And you couldn't sign in, and some games got screwed up because they got confused as to what the date was. Um, yeah. So basically, Sony's advice was don't turn it on. <laughs> Not for that day, anyway. Not for that day, no. And then they said, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We we messed it up, and it works again. Um, it's quite impressive to do it. Yeah, it's it's funny that it happened. Opposite of what you normally expect. Normally, you'd expect it to become the 29th, and then the program to go, what the fuck, 29? That can't be right. Rather than for it to not be the 29th, and the program to be expecting there to be a 29th. Yeah. I think there was a similar issue, wasn't there, with the Zune? Um, really? Yeah, I don't think it was this Christmas, but Christmas before, on on New Year's Day, um, the calendar went wrong on the, on the on all, all of the Zunes, and um, okay. the end result was is that they wouldn't boot up. Um, oh. And Microsoft's advice was try it tomorrow, um, and when of course the calendar <laughs> bug was fixed, and uh... <laughs> well, it fixed itself by the next yeah, day. Yeah, it sorted itself out. For, yeah, so for did some they reason they actually patch it on the zooms, uh, so they won't happen again in the. Apparently, apparently, I think they did, as far as I remember, but um, haven't yet patched the PlayStation since that incident. Oh really? No. Oh. So it, it might happen again next year if they had, if they don't fix it in the next few patches. But so if you if you disconnect your PS3 from from the internet and play it, try to play it next year on February. <laughs> yeah, it you, might not work. It still might not work. No. Okay, fair enough. Hard out. But then again, surely this would have happened the previous years if it wasn't a crazy one-off. Yeah, I don't know. Did it get because? It isn't a leap year, is it? No, no, it's two years away. So, what's going to happen on the leap year? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe the 29th won't exist. Yeah. Still. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 that's not right. Oh, my head. Oh, flames. So, the game itself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Imagine Gears of War, but with humour. And uh, occasional cow, which you can pet. Which is great. Cows? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, not that bad. I've just got to a level where that's where I've stopped at the moment, where I've got to a level and you, you can go up to cows and go, hey, you're right. <laughs> Literally. Does, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, does it have dialogue? Yeah, yeah, you sort of pat someone and goes, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I hear it has a lot of quite good sort of incidental dialogue, because apparently they got the uh, actors to like watch the game as it was being played and ad lib lines while it was being. No, it, it, it is brilliant. It's, uh, sometimes it, it does sort of echo what your mind is thinking. Like there's a level which is, I still don't know quite how bits of it work, but because it's very clever. But you're on. It's a typical you're on a train must get to the front style level. And, yeah. Um, uh, but 
falling off a yeah, well, no, it's, it's just No, it's just a really bloody long train. There's a scene where you can see it snake around the track, and it's like you can't see it end. It just the train yeah. just keeps going, and uh, and and it, well, it's sort of you're getting you've played for a couple of chapters of this train, and. Uh, and all of a sudden he says, "Geez, this train lasts forever." And, <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing." <laughs> <laughs> That's really good because that doesn't happen very often in gaming because it usually takes itself so seriously that you don't get that sort of thing. Yeah, no, it is. It is quite funny. Uh, it's like the, the opening lines of the game just. You, know, you can tell you not. You can't take it seriously. Where he just looks down, his hands all red, and he goes, "That's my blood. That's a lot of my blood." Um, <laughs> Who's going to say that, though? He, he does like to talk to himself. <laughs> That's true. He maybe he's going slightly mental. Believe mental. Slightly <laughs> Slightly, slightly chin. <laughs> His chin is striking. Uh, oh dear. You're going a bit chin, mate. You're going a bit chin. Nope. Uh, chin up. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Mental up. laughs> okay. mentaling up has an increase in pitch, naturally. So, no. <laughs> everything up has an increase in pitch, obviously. So, how is Except for falling pitch? planes. Because uh, I, uh. I heard it was a bit more of falling planes. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of go, <laughs> What, like that <laughs> sound? Like that, uh, sound, that, that train passing sound. Oh, uh, that's. If you've only this train had turned up like a couple of minutes earlier, it could have been perfectly in time with Rob talking about trains. Is this going to be the theme that we have to try and talk about trains as much as possible during this cast? So, 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 so to make the ambience a bit more contextual. Uh, we'll just have to see if the trains interrupt anything that's relevant or sort of hilarious for some reason. I doubt it, but. No, well, it was trying to do an impression of an aeroplane crashing. Yeah, no, it wasn't very good, is it? But... It wasn't very good, no, it was too long. You know that sound that you always get sound effect on, like, TV shows? And... Yeah. yeah like, that was on that one type of plane. Not... Yeah, exactly. It's total crap, yeah. They, it, they're called the Horns of Jericho, and they, like, attached them to Stuka dive bombers just to scare people, basically. And, like, since then, it's been, like, a point of reference for anything falling out of the sky has to make that sound. Especially in Midturn Madness 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah, how can we forget? Yeah. I heard another classic example of the goddamn sound effect you hear all the time again the other day. I was watching that stupid, um... That thing with Richard Hammond and his slow motion cameras. Mm. Oh yeah. And of course they were they were on like Brighton Pier in the theme park and it had the classic theme park sound effect with those goddamn laughing children that you hear every Oh yeah. Yeah, the one from Rollercoaster is like how is that sound effect still around? It's ancient. Do you have any <laughs> merry go round music? That's disappointing. Gotta have merry-go-round music. Or waltzer. Did they show a waltzer? Yes, they did. There we go. That's one cliche fix. That's fine. He was using to show you slow motion where it was like he was holding up a sign as he went past and it was like, let's see if I can in slow motion so you can actually read what it said. Because obviously you couldn't see it at real speed. And what did it say? Monkeys? 
said like hello or something. I couldn't actually still read it even when it was in slow motion because it was written in like bold pen or anything. It was written in biro, so it was practically. <laughs> yeah, camera technology isn't that good in SD. Well, they're using SD high-speed cameras. That that seems a bit odd. Oh, it would have been broadcast on Freeview, wouldn't it? Oh, Which would... okay. Yeah. And so is that you're watching it on a... Worse TV. On an on old TV. It is still technically HD. I'm just not convinced that they've got it set up very well. Unless you've got a free sat box, you're not going to get HD TV, are you? Or... Yeah. That too. Sky oh, HD. Point, isn't it? Yeah. Does it have a sticker on it saying it's ready for the hood? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked. Look at it. It's ready for the hood. <laughs> hood ready. <laughs> Are you hood ready? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Look at it. So I wanted to ask about uh, Uncharted 2. Uh, you say it's a bit like Gears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you like did mention that. I've heard it's a little bit more like, uh, well, I've heard it a bit spare, a bit Tomb Raider-ish or something. Yeah, it, it is, it, it, there, there are sections of the game where it's, um, yeah, where it's quite, it's quite like the old Tomb Raider series where you have to climb up to where you want to do, you have to solve the, well, it's not really that puzzly, but you know, you're supposed to do things in yeah. order to open the pathway to the next section and things like that. Okay. Um, but they're very much minority of the game there's only a few of them in fact most of Uncharted 2 isn't actually set in temples or anything like that you're in exotic locations that seem to have been overrun with militia so it's a uh, <laughs> right it's it's <laughs> well there's the odd temple the game starts off more temply and then you go sort of uh, towny actually for a bit you're like in uh, built up city areas for a large segment of the game and uh, just cool mm. it's, it's a nice change of pace but it's a uh, uh, you know, it's a bit odd, but yeah, no. There's it's like there's a lot of combat actually. You say it's, it's there are sections that are reminiscent of Tomb Raider, and I suppose right. Uh, if you were to describe it, it's Tomb Raider but with more guns. <laughs> right, and the shooting. Being the shooting good. basically, yeah, the shooting is very good, and it apes Gears of War basically, except it's right. almost better in a way because Gears of War is quite right. static in the way that you you play it. Um, yeah, because but, you but, get behind that one piece of cover for, and you stay behind there for yeah. most of I mean, of you can do that time. still, but the way that they, the way the grenade system works means you do have... They do husk grenades and they are pretty accurate with them, so occasionally you do have to dive out of the way and things. Right, and, uh, okay. So it does, keep, it does keep you moving. And the, and the game tries to force you to move by having enemies coming from different directions. So you'll clear a wave out from one side and then all of a sudden they'll come from behind you and you're like, ah! And, uh, oh, cool. and have to move around. Uh, but does it have, uh, you know, infinite spawn sort of modern warfare enemies? No, it doesn't. There's always a limit. Oh, uh, it, it does them in sort of, um, uh, yeah, they're usually set pieces. So, you know, you kill a number of people, then it lets you move on. Like, usually with some dialogue with your supporting characters and things like that. And, uh, I have to say, it sounds really good. It is very good. And they're not, they're not kidding. It does look amazing. The, some yeah. of the some of the graphical set bits are just incredible. It's a bit disappointing that they've used the tactic they did with the first game, and that the cutscenes aren't actually rendered on your console. They play a video that's rendered yeah. using the game engine. But yeah. to be honest, it's done so slickly it doesn't matter at all. It's, it's not like you can tell it's video. That's unless, unless, unless you pay real attention. I mean, having working and broadcasting, I know what video looks like, but it's there are there are some artifacts and stuff. But it's very yeah. good. So it's. 
Really sometimes issue. they do that. They record the uh, cutscenes in, uh, you know, they make them using Machinima style, using the game engine, and then they record them. But sometimes they compress it so badly that it looks really weird and different. Yeah. The lighting is somehow different, and like. I mean, it happens. It happens in the uh, Batman game actually a little bit, not very often, but there's some like. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Playing uh, at least in the demo, I haven't played the full thing yet, but in the demo, you could notice it really badly. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's a bit disjointed. It feels really weird. It's a bit like in those old, um, you know, old TV shows where they transition from an interior scene to an out side scene, and it changes from like film to video or whatever. Like it's the same world. Yeah. Just the same characters and everything. It just looks different somehow. I don't know. It's really weird. It's like, do you ever remember watching old TV or something? They had a certain way of filming indoors that sort of yeah, looked yeah. kind of yeah, even uh, uh, jello-like. And then you go outside, and then it's all harsh, and it's yeah, it's yeah. you know to do with the length of time they open the shutter, probably something like that. Yeah, um, that kind of thing. And it's yeah, you, you kind of get that effect. And yeah. uh, speaking of which, have have you guys like been reading the reviews for Final Fantasy Thirteen? Uh, haven't played it myself yet, but uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't really read them. I'd I've read like one. Heard. Yeah, I bring it up because they supposedly have that issue that we're talking about on the Xbox version quite badly because they've oh, had no, to I heard that. they've had to compress 32 gigabytes of HD video into something yeah. that will fit on four DVDs. It's <laughs> pretty much it's one of the few games where you should just pretty much not play it. You know, the 360 version. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, happen very often. Apparently it's not bad enough to affect the game, but, you know, the actual yeah. when you're playing the game. Um, but, you know, it's rendered at a slightly lower resolution, as in it's not even rendered at 720. Um, and yeah. they trick your mind into thinking it is by putting an overlay over, the like, the, the GUI at 720p while the game is being rendered at 576 behind and uh, right. things like that. So, but... It's not noticeably that much worse. It's not like, you know, when you play Call of Duty, for instance, Call of Duty 4, it's actually running at a low res. Um, it's not running at 720, I don't think. Yeah, I, I noticed that personally. Like, I, I definitely noticed that on Call of I haven't played Modern Warfare 2 yet. I think but... it's better in Modern Warfare 2, but yeah, yeah in 4, you definitely notice it. It comes as a loud train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I played... it was really that much. Ooh. Whoa, you were loud there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it must have thought you were the train and, and tried to make you louder <laughs> and then recompensated. I don't know. Yeah. Damn you, auto game. I got my microphone turned off. On... I'm sure I turned all that shit off, but maybe not. We'll have to fuck around with this again at some point, obviously. Yeah. Stand yeah, by. Duty. Stand by. Call it Duty 4. And also, like, Halo 3 as well. I think I find it quite noticeable that it's... Yeah, I think, I think Halo's down-resed as well, yeah. But, but played a tiny bit of Modern Warfare 2, and it did look... I don't know if it was the res or just the game, but it did look a lot better, I have to say. It does look better. Like, yeah. Although, so. I, I, have, I, have, you know, I have some reservations about Modern Warfare 2. Not, not, I'm not talking gameplay here, just purely visually. Um, okay. And it does look sharper, but I, I still can't say why it's considered like, like it got... Oh, you know, like everyone was saying, "Wow, it looks amazing and stuff," and it's like mm. it doesn't really. There's a lot going on, but a lot of the geometry yeah. is pretty square. Um, yeah. The, I mean, it runs at a, fa a fast rate, which is fine, but it, you know, at the, at the cost of fidelity. So it's, I wouldn't say it's amazing looking. Yeah. Um, there, and there are certain effects that are overdone. Like in the first level, there's so much smoke about you can't actually see the enemies. And I, I don't yeah. quite understand how you can play it on the on the hard difficulty levels and 
not retry the segments millions upon millions of times because you've been shot by someone you simply cannot see through the smog. Mm. It's, uh, I, I don't know, I find it quite an irritating visual design. Yeah, I like smoking games when it's like purely your advantage and not the enemy's. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> in in, in Grawl, like it was absolutely ridiculous because you can just see through smoke using your um. Almost, yeah. First Grawl, you can see you can use your visor thing or whatever it is to see through smoke. So you could the easiest way to kill enemies was just to like even if it was an impossible ambush across the way or something, then you just used a smoke grenade and they just couldn't see you and <laughs> you could just see them straight through the smoke using your goggles. And just pick them off. It was so easy. It was ridiculous. So yeah, if you can't see the enemies through it, then you haven't got any chance, have you? Yeah, uh, no, it suffers from the ability that they know where you are and they know the precise minuscule hole of desk in front of you that could kill you and you know headshot you or something like that. It's it just suffers from the AI being way too smart. You know, which is fine yeah. if you want a challenge, but it just doesn't make it fun. Yeah, personally, and maybe I'm just crap, but <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. We both. I mean, you've you've worked your way through the uh, Call of Duty Four, you know, in the veteran mode, haven't you? Yeah, all but the la all but the silo levels. The you yeah, know the last so. few indoors because they were just ridiculous. Yeah, they just they could shoot. Them, they? Yeah, they could they could shoot you f uh, one shot kill you through gaps that are smaller than about a mil. You know, it's I know. ridiculously small holes. Even if you're just nipping across to get to some better cover, you know, you you, you can't. They they'll, the instant you show yourself, you're you're dead. And it yeah. just got at that point. It was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not enjoying myself. I'm out. Yeah, this isn't worth the gamer points going on yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But um, oh, and you trying to do the uh. The you know but what's the level in uh, the Chernobyl uh, at the end where next to Ferris wheel and the other dogs keep attacking you? Oh yeah, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, that was hard. On, uh, on veteran, I saw, I watched you playing that. It was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you just you just you can't see where stuff's coming from. Well, you, that that bit wasn't. It's difficult, but because you're overwhelmed, difficult. And I think that was the intention. So I don't really have a problem yeah. with that bit so much. No, no, no. It's uh, but in the silos, yeah, it's just rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, I might give I'll give Modern Warfare two a go and veteran see if I can cope with it. Maybe it's a bit bit more forgiving in places, except for the favela. God, I hate that level. Yeah, you were saying about the guys that pop up like in the windows. Yeah, it's, don't even see them. It's it's, it's more, the problem I, f I find with playing Call of Duty is it's more a lesson in memory than it is skill. Um, you sort of remember where people are, where they come from, where they tend yeah. to when they tend to pop out and things like that and you sort of learn, learn the learn the routine um, mm. essentially and it's not really a uh, you're not really reacting per se you sort of oh there's going to be a guy pop out there and there he is you know it's, it's yeah shoot guns by numbers I mean, what do you think I was thinking I was reading this article about Doom like in comparison to modern shooters and it was saying that, like, well, in Doom, you move incredibly fast. And yeah. uh, there are loads of enemies, and they shoot at you. They're quite slow-moving projectiles sometimes. And uh, uh, you can... It's quite... It's relatively easy to, like, dodge incoming fire. So, like... And it's saying that in a lot of modern shooters, like Call of Duty, for example, or Gears, you kind of... The enemy bullets are quite accurate... Are usually pretty damn accurate. And, they, and uh, you're more of, a, like, a sponge for damage. And then you duck behind cover and, re and recover. 
so you're like a walking tank almost in in modern shooters uh but it just, it just gets weaker and weaker as you in, in increase the difficulty whereas in doom you feel like you can actually dodge the you know the fire and it's more it's more of sort of agility that makes you strong rather yeah and you get into a mindset a, a bit more about self-preservation i think in games with a health system like that you know with a with a number of of, of yeah. health you uh you, you try to keep that number high so you you, you play a segment try, you know intentionally trying not to get shot at all whereas yeah. in in gears and you know uncharted suffers from this as well um you, you dive out of cover you'll take a few shots as you get into the next few cover um yeah. Uncharted actually does it really badly because it has a, this horrible disparity between the gameplay and the story. Um, yeah. In the in, in the when you're actually playing the game, you can get shot all manner of times, and your your character will react. He'll say "ow" um, to yeah. a bullet hitting him, and uh, yeah. And yet in the cutscenes, uh, it, it's it takes the realistic approach in that a single shot is fatal and things right. like that. And it's it, it's it's probably the most obvious version of it I've seen where it's just. Yeah, it, it irritates. It's really jarring. Yeah. yeah, it's just all of a sudden it's like, well, you just absorbed millions of bullets and a single pistol shot to the gut is threatening your life. It's... Yeah, it's <laughs> double standard, isn't it, in, in, in the game, isn't it? It's like, okay, now we're in a movie, now we're in a computer game, which kind of yeah. brings the immersion if you're trying to connect them. You know, even if it's all rendered in the same engine, then like one bullet, you know, it, it's yeah. seem odd. I mean, um... Oh, yeah, here comes Oh, okay. I am braced. Braced. They come now, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it was slightly early on your warning. Here it comes. <laughs> it's a good strain. That would explain why it was slower. Yeah. And it would go on for longer as well. Is yeah. it more uh, grindy? Yeah. How many of those uh, uh, good strains that. Um, Carriages there actually have a, like a container on, or were they like mostly empty? Like fifty percent of the road. Fifty percent full. It just reeks of a waste somehow. Well, it's heading towards Felixstowe rather than away, so I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Unless they, yeah. they, they ship stuff from Felixstowe, don't they? Yeah, but not as much yeah, as import. Probably we don't export as much stuff as we import overall. I'd imagine. I guess. Yeah. I don't Apparently know why. I saw this thing where... Um, <laughs> they have to take the empty this... containers back. No, they have this yard somewhere in Essex or something, and what they do is they crush up all the containers and put them into a container and ship them back to China <laughs> where they take them into a steel mill and build new containers out of them. Literally, because that's well, the most efficient way of doing it. What, melting down and... Yeah, they melt down the old containers and they build new containers out of them. That doesn't strike me as the most efficient way. Apparently it is because the space Apparently, on the ships is worth more, you know, than the uh, than the. Well, yeah, most efficient cost-wise, I suppose. But well, yeah, Wait, you, you wouldn't want to just ship a container back if it didn't have anything in it. Yeah. Well, no, but can't they? The old waste space. Uh, the, bit, the, 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 the annoyingly eco-friendly side of me is sort of screaming out. Can't they just dismantle them and flat pack them like IKEA furniture and That's send them back like that? Surely that's less effort than re-smelting. Yeah, maybe right. Although I don't know about the sort of structural rigidity of containers might require them to be just rigidly built, yeah, welded together rather than... But who knows, I mean... I thought they were hinged more than... I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe they are sort of just a solid cardboard tube-like structure with doors affixed, but... Yeah. They're, well, they're like corrugated down the sides, aren't they? Uh, to For strength, aren't they? 
and then I don't know if they have like a cheap. It's because they have structure. to like stack them all on top of each other on the boats and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, like, they, don't know how many deep it is, like fifteen or something, probably at least. Depending on the ship, yeah, it's huge. Like there's there's that Emma Mask one that you occasionally see out of Felix Day that's absolutely enormous. Yeah. Well, there's there's several of them actually. There's like it's like a class of them. There's like four. Really, fifteen? I thought it would be only like five or six. I was guessing. No, yeah, no, it's but it's really not high. just the ones you can see on the top as well, because it goes into the holds as well yeah. as the bit that sticks over the deck. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it goes underneath. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, I'm going to ask Zach what you've been playing. Because <laughs> then I can give you a boring old answer, because I don't play any new games. Pish. That doesn't matter. I don't know. I need to play new games. I've been playing Team Fortress 2, obviously. Of course. Recording tons of demos. But naturally yeah. doing the classic thing where it's like, I start playing and I'm like, okay, I won't record the first round because probably the map will change, so I won't be playing this map for very long, so it wouldn't be worth starting a recording and I'll be getting into the swing of things, so I probably won't be playing as well in the first round. And then yeah. it's like the second round, by that point I've already forgotten that I was going to start recording, and then I have an awesome round, and then at the end of that round I'm like, shit, I should have been recording, fuck! <laughs> so I never get any good footage. <laughs> I always miss the one round where I'm awesome. So why like, don't you have, you, have you not got enough hard disk space to just record, you know, from the beginning, even if it is rubbish, and just delete it afterwards? Well, it, they don't take up very much space, so I could do, but it's just I always think that I'm, I'm like, I'll just start it when the next map starts. Hmm. Yeah, and then, and then you have your run. Yeah, and then I have the one awesome run. But I've been getting some fairly good footage out of things, and now that I've actually worked out the way that you can export the videos directly from Team Fortress without having to use fraps, which is very useful. Cool. So we can create like better quality. It has a little encoder built into the demo thing. And then recompress, and then open it in another frame, and then tap them together, and then recompress. Because that's a bit excessive. You want to avoid, you know, from, from my uh, extensive experience, you uh, yeah, you want to avoid recompressing whenever possible because it just you start losing quality quite badly. Yeah, that's is, a bad idea. You still really have to do two compressions because you have the initial export from Team Fortress. Yeah, so that's one. Has its own compression and then patch together recompressed. You can theoretically export full frames, but that takes forever and a shit ton of space. Well, you're only going to be watching on YouTube, so it's going to be compressed by them, isn't it? In YouTube HD! Oh, <laughs> HD, okay. <laughs> so I've uploaded some bad, bits of footage that I've been taking, and I've taken some more, but I need to patch together. Last night I was doing some hilarious shit, like, I actually got a taunt kill, so it's like, hooray, I was recording when I did something interesting! Woo! Make a video. Are you, doing, are you doing, like, a Huntsman frag vid? Yes, I've already done... I did like a semi-tutorial one where I had, like did some text as well to say, "Why do people think this is shit? It's awesome!" And then there was part the of where I did where I did like yeah where I did like one life recording because I actually had a hella long life where I got like twelve kills or something. So it's like, hooray, that's interesting. Record that. My life was longer than ten minutes, so it's like parts of it are sped up to fit into the ten-minute YouTube limit. You use the uh, Benny Hill theme. No, I should have done. I used your music. Like, oh, oh, that's alright then. Hooray! There you go. There's a plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even have to push it. Seventy-five views so far. Fit. <laughs> oh, there. I have to have to link them to the uh, Glacial Facebook page, and uh, <laughs> if you like the music, come hither. Sample footage where I just took a straight up 
straight up export cut from directly from Team Fortress of me playing Pyro has more views than that. I don't know why. <laughs> There's, um, going off on a, on a bit of a tangent here, I actually logged into my uh, Glacial Facebook page, and I haven't done much on it for a while, but uh, I've, 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 I've now got, like, uh, a number of fans attached to it, which is nice, but they all have Spanish-sounding names, and I think <laughs> that I, think, I can't help but wonder if they've just gone to the wrong page, because there is someone else on there called Glacial who appears to be but with a small G rather than a capital G, uh, who, who appears to be of possibly Brazilian or Puerto Rican origin. So it's... Uh, I, right. I, I think they might have gone to the wrong glacial and just go, yeah, I'll add you, it's fine. Well, it's a Brazilian, Brazilian DJ named Glacial or something. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I haven't actually listened to it. I don't, I'm not sure he has anything posted actually on the, uh, the music okay. player, but... It's kind of weird. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not actually doing. Just in case anyone goes to look, I'm not doing Latin beats. <laughs> well, you should you should do one in tribute to your to your Latin fans. <laughs> yeah, samba, iglesia. <laughs> I think uh, you should. Uh, I hope I hope your uh, true fans outnumber your phantom phantom Latin fans. Yes. <laughs> Just, just say yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Smile and nod. <laughs> Did I just talk through a, like a, a matrix thing? No, 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 you were fine. You were fine. Yes. All right, okay. <laughs> Crazy. So um, TF2 then? Yes, TF2 was has been mainly what I've been playing. Anything else? Looked at your hour count on that. No, you actually went and looked like Dan did. So look at that. 667 yeah, hours. Yeah. It's been out for like two years. No, but bloody hell. What is that in... It's not like I don't play Team Fortress a lot, and I'm typing, and uh, I've got um, 215 odd hours in it, which is more than I've played any other game. And <laughs> it's a third. <laughs> It's a third of your total game time. I find that mind-boggling. Well, don't you remember how it was in 2142, where it was like, I had a shit ton of time on that as well? Yeah, not that much. I don't know, it was quite a lot. Actually, I could go to the, I could go to that page and find out, because I've still got the link in my favourites to the 2142 leaderboards. Right there, Dan, it sounds a little bit like you're being mugged. <laughs> what, here? Yeah, it was like, like, click, clack, click, 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 like someone's come up behind you and is just uh, putting chloroform in your nose. <laughs> in my nose. Well, i still got my mouth, so I can still breathe. Why did I get the get the vision in my head when I said putting chloroform in your nose? Of not someone putting a uh, cloth in their nose, but then sort of leaning back and dripping it up your nostrils. <laughs> like <laughs> like <a> nose <laughs> drip. Yeah, nose, nose drip. <laughs> Those drops, that's... Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's uh, what you're looking for. Fix vapor rub, but with chloroform. Vapor Don't wanna know, vapor rub your pretty chest, yeah, whoops. Yeah. What are they called, what are they called, is it just Vix nasal or something? Or? Yeah, yeah, something like that, I know. Vix snort. I finally got to the page. But you can't be nearly as many like hours as um, TF2, can it, that you've played uh, 21, Battlefield 2142. I Top played Battlefield 2142 for 448 hours. Bloody oh. hell. Oh. Man. And normal strike for an extra day on top of that. <laughs> just, just Rob, just think of it this way. Think how many hours you've put in working, okay? Sex <laughs> <laughs> job progress of the week. <laughs> oh dear. Well, 
It's not like I play it all day because I'm asleep half the day. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> but have you been playing any other games, like uh, any Dwarf Fortress or anything? Because no. I played some <laughs> small amount of Eve because I'm keeping oh, really? my account operational merely by paying for it with in-game money. Like, I, I probably only need to play Eve for about five days a month, and I can make enough money to pay for another month's worth of subscription. <laughs> so cool, actually. I, I, I really like that idea that you can actually get to a point in the game where you've, you've, you've obviously paid a lot of money to the developers at this point in time, that you can sort of self-sustain, and it's almost like a, a thank you from the devs in a weird way, isn't it? It's like you've got to the point in the game where you can self-sustain. It's fine. It's on us. <laughs> But yeah. Them. Someone somewhere is still paying. Oh yeah, obviously there are people coming in, and perhaps the uh, big cores don't want to spend all their cash on self-sustaining their account. And yeah, I, I know that does sound cool actually. But it's, it's, it's neat. Do you have to spend those five days doing boring things, or can you actually well, have fun? I, I just do the things that I normally do, like oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, not okay. that that's very fun to a lot of people, I guess. I could mine. That's definitely not fun. <laughs> But that's your style of play, isn't it? You've always been yeah, that's just a lone wolf. It's convenient that one oh. can give me enough money in order to do it. So it's like, I don't have to do anything out of the ordinary to earn enough cash. Hmm. What's going that's on in EVE these days, anyway? Uh, Is this going to be interesting? Slightly. <laughs> there's, another, there's another train coming. I'm going to wait for that first. Wait, wait, here it comes. In the meantime, turn every train into a jingle. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, it's like, oh, oh, we've gone long enough. We need a jingle now. It's fine. <laughs> Nia, Nia mix things up a bit. Exactly. So they've just just started talking about their next expansion thing coming sometime in the summer, where they're right. going to have the first stage of planetary interaction. So now planets will be able to, you'll be able to, like, have a kind of a space scan of a planet, and then detect resources, and then, like, build little factories and shit, and then link them up and process things, and then launch the resources back into space, or something. And eventually okay. that will somehow link into that Dust514 FPS thing that they're making for ground battles, something, I don't know. It's the first stage in actually making planets do something other than look pretty. Because <laughs> planets are just like big sprites, aren't they, at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they had they yeah. had been like just giant sprites, and then they upgraded them to actually make them look nice. 3D When compared okay. to the new graphics of all the ships and stuff. Okay. And now it's like, now you can actually interact with them in some kind of way. <laughs> hmm. Was this already... ground battles? Is this ground battle stuff like a, a separate game that you also have to buy and get subscriptions for, or is it just an extension of EVE? Or We're not actually entirely sure, or at least I'm not, but they're, they're releasing... It's going to be some kind of FPS, or possibly third person, I don't know, I don't think I've actually seen a screenshot of... It's shooter. A <laughs> it's a shooter of some kind, on Xbox 360, and I'm not sure even about PC. But it is actually going to have some kind of backlink where stuff that happens on that game will affect stuff that happens on the actual EVE server, so... Oh. Ambitious. I but then again, I suppose EVE was ambitious at the start, so... It's going to be weird. But yeah. it's like, obviously there's been hordes of people, you know, like lots of people in the EVE forums and stuff have been like, Oh no, we don't want to rely on console tards to fight wars for us, so knows? <laughs> I can't imagine it having that much direct impact on the EVE 
So no, I probably not. imagine whatever will happen will not actually be very relevant, or at least not to start with. I mean, they, <laughs> can't, they can't just come out of the gate and say this will affect everything really drastically. If anything, it will be like, this will affect things minorly at first, and then if it turns out to be an actually good game, then they will. To be honest, they'll probably just start with modifying the market, won't they? So it's just the uh, the prices of things that are in demand and stuff. Or maybe they'll, yeah. they'll it'll affect trade routes, so you have to supply the ground battles. Yeah, with the planetary interaction thing where they're like building factories and shit, I imagine it will be like maybe it'll affect those factories' output or different resources will become available if if a planet has had a fight on it recently or something. Hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. I quite like the idea of a game where the backstory, instead of being written by a team of writers, has actually been written by gamers over the years in a different game. <laughs> yeah, so th so I, I do like that, yeah. I've always liked the idea of Eve's evolving universe and how it is driven by the players. And, you know, as, yeah, as, yeah. I, as you said, when something happens between the corporations, they write it into the backstory, don't they? So as if some, yeah. some big fight occurs or the pirates own everyone or something like that, it's like, the Dark Ages have come. <laughs> and that could only work in Eve, because Eve is still the only MMO that I'm aware of that only has the one server. Yeah. That, that is its main sort of advantage, I suppose. Where yeah. everything's on one server, so anything that happens. Ridiculous cluster. What is it? it? Wasn't it at one point like the third biggest supercomputer or something that yeah, powers that? that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't and be surprised. still have problems with it. It had yeah. weird SQL errors recently where it crashed the server or some shit. Ouch. <laughs> that can't be simple to fix. It's like when you've got a million <laughs> clustered machines. <laughs> Where it's like, they can't run tests on it because that will affect the server, and they can't take the server down to run tests offline because then you won't have any load. <laughs> so it's like you have to kind of simulate it on a totally separate system compared mm. to this giant supercomputer. Yeah. yeah they, do, they do have the demo server, don't they? But it can't be nearly as comparable. Yeah. I mean, they when they need to do things on the test server, they put up a notice which is like, everyone log on to the test server, we need to stress test it, and you get like 500 people, and that's not very many, really. It's probably only running off a couple of, yeah, like a considerably yeah, smaller cluster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, rather than a, a warehouse. So do they have um, scheduled downtime on, uh, on EVE, like they do on WoW? Yes, they have an hour a day. Oh, okay. About 11 o'clock. It's a daytime downtime rather than nighttime. I'm not, okay. I, I, assume, I, I assume that's so that they can actually work on things, you know, so that they're awake yeah. during the downtime. <laughs> it's like, oh no, right in the middle of the day, what if we're playing on European time? Because there's no Americans in Eve, because the ping is too high, because it's a European server. Is that so? <laughs> I didn't it's think of that, but yeah, that makes... Is it not is it... in Iceland then? I thought it was in Iceland. Yeah, that's cool. The company's in Iceland. But yeah. yeah, but you'd think it'd be quite a good London. place because it'd be halfway between. Because <laughs> it's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, halfway between Europe and. and I suppose we have fatter America's. pipes. Well, the the. Now, our series of tubes is 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 made of gold. Whittington of the internet. Why they decided that the American server wasn't as important. I mean, they even. I mean, they made that independent server for China. I mean, obviously, that's a totally different market. Hmm. I guess so, it's American. Oh, well, 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 yeah, that's that's probably not a server issue, is it? That's probably Chinese censorship. Well, yeah, that too. But it, Am I going to get killed now for saying that? <laughs> well, there's tons and tons of... There's tons of Chinese WoW servers, aren't there? 
Yeah. But then there's like relatively small. Yeah, like, that's true. The giganto cluster, and it's not like you don't get a ton of Chinese people on the norm server, relatively speaking. All the disc servers, ah, oh, the bastards. So oh, is that like gold farmers? Gold, yeah. Macro they miners. <laughs> Macro miners. Macro miners <laughs> and disc servers. Damn bastards. I mean, do they like, do they mess up the economy then? Because I mean, on that one, if there's one, they do server... quite severely mess up the economy in some cases. They oh. all kinds of mineral price fluctuations have been. It was like quite recently there was a big spike in mineral prices, and I was like, why is this then? And then you look at the look at the market and try and work out what what has changed, and it's like uh, there's been a whole ton of mining barges being sold recently as well. So it must have been like a ton of accounts got banned that were macro miners and then when they came back in they had to rebuy all their equipment so it's like suddenly mineral prices and mining barge prices go up because there's less mineral supply and all the people who are coming back in have to rebuy their mining barges yeah so less supply but then suddenly more demand uh yeah more demand for both barges and minerals because there's not much of them and yeah that makes sense it seems like mostly macro miners have been mining ice now though mainly because it's it takes sort of longer, but the ice comes in big chunks, so it's easier to manage. One chunk of ice is really huge rather than a large pile of minerals, but it, each individual mineral is small. I think EVE is one of the few games I can safely say I would... I actually find quite interesting to talk about because of all these crazy fluctuations and there's there's a sort of politics to it. But yeah, there is. at the same time, I will never play the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love reading. Occasionally you get like a really interesting story. Usually it's like about corporations and then usually it's about... So it's happened several times where someone who's it's like you know been a mole and like pretended to be part of the other corporation and then fuck them up. <laughs> you know, That's awesome though. Yeah, there's, I mean... been some, there's been some ridiculous stuff, kind of not exactly moles, but there's been a, a fairly big story recently about uh, the old goon goon fleet got totally screwed. But basically, it was their own fault because there was something awful. Yeah, the something awful goon fleet. Okay. <laughs> they they had like a big lump of space, obviously, as you do. Um, but then there was a change in one of the recent patches to how you keep sovereignty of space, where right. like the 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 um, towers that you build in space to claim sovereignty had had their system changed so that you had to manage their fuel in a different way. And the person who was meant, who had the role of fuel management for most of the towers in Goonfleet was conveniently on holiday. <laughs> so okay. all their towers ran out of fuel almost simultaneously, so they lost control <laughs> of a shit ton of space, and then all the enemies around them were like, what the fuck's going on? And then they just had a big fight in the middle <laughs> while oh, Goonfleet wow. just walked the fuck out. So basically Goonfleet don't own any space any longer, and they're now like hidden away in stealth pockets where they've set up like in various weird places, so they don't control any space any longer, and they're, they're moving out of this big chunk of space and left a big hole where, like, three other alliances started attacking from three different directions and had a big fight with each other. So are they going to come back and, like, uh, try and invade their, retake their space? Well, the, they the, the blog thing that they said about it suggested that they're probably not going to for a while until they until they can sort of reconsolidate their forces because they got spread out into various hidden pockets where they'd you know it was like they had their fallback plan where it's like retreat to these locations or whatever. Yeah. So they're they're called kind of regrouping, but they haven't decided whether they actually want to reclaim space or at least not that bit. Uh, no one cares. 
<laughs> I wonder if like it was interesting, Rob. It was. It was to a point. <laughs> it's funny. It's it's funny mainly because like something awful goons are really weird. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if they get screwed over, I don't really mind because it's just quite funny. <laughs> At least they're not. Is there like a four chan fleet? That would be really bad. That'd be terrifying. Although they're, they're probably too busy like posting pictures of like kitty porn rather than like playing Eve, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, some noise there. That was about all you said about that. Well, it's true, though, sadly, isn't it? <laughs> Summarise. What we've ascertained from this podcast so far is that Eve is relatively interesting, but you wouldn't play it, and that 4chan is run by paedophiles. Yeah, but you must have already known that. <laughs> <laughs> it's common knowledge. You must have already known both things. It is called knowledge, yeah. What is it? Slash B and all that. I've never actually been on there, and I guarantee I'm not going to. <laughs> I've only been there in sort of passing from links that other people have said. Basically, I have a convenient filter where it's like, we have like a couple of people who look at 4chan in IRC, but then because oh. of the rules in IRC, where they're, it's like, this is a fairly polite channel, all the shit kind of gets filtered out, so we only get the more interesting things. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's kind of convenient. I sometimes so I can go see on... the stupid memes and shit, and, yeah. and without having to put up with all the other crap. I sometimes go on that um, the sort of 4chan wiki, effectively, which is Encyclopedia Dramatica or whatever it's called, yeah. which is a really misleading name. Which is it's basically a troll version of Wikipedia, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that has all the memes on, of course, and it's really offensive and horrible. But it's not as bad as actually going into 4 4chan, I don't think. Supposedly, no. I mean, it is. Pretty horrible that website, but uh, I mean, obviously, some pages are much worse than others. I mean, if you deliberately go on there and look up rape or something, then you're back to <laughs> you've had to find some horrible stuff. I don't know. I don't really mind that it's horrible. It's just that it's really racist. That's the worst thing about it, in my, in my view. <laughs> anyway, in my so, so you're rape, you're okay with, but. <laughs> Well, not not rape because they're not actually raping people. They're just making <laughs> stupid jokes or whatever. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's move on from the topic again. Then <laughs> we were talking about oil seed. <laughs> uh, no, and why? Also, one more thing that I haven't been playing is Dwarf Fortress because goddamn it, where is the new version? New version. I thought it's, literally it's been... been more than a year now. Yeah, well, I, it's getting I thought... close, very close by the sounds of the dev posts. He's he's in bug testing, but of course, because it's bugs, you can't determine how long that'll actually take to get finished. Well, what's so good about the new version? What what are they changing? Uh, like what, a whole ton of ridiculous shit. All the like combat will be totally revamped to make it even more ridiculous than it already was. But it's already it's ridiculous. Chopping off limbs and crap. No, but that's now... already stupid. Now they've got... <laughs> Grabbing you by the foot with your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> that now, kind of thing, like, yeah. Body parts will ha have more physical, positional relationships to each other. So, like, it knows oh. that, like, arms are at the end of the body and, like, vaguely oh. where the internal organs are related to each other. Oh, my and God. all the body parts have, like, different layers now, so you actually have tissue layers, where it's, like, bone and then muscle and then skin and then hair. Oh. <laughs> So that's all going into the combat system for unnecessary complicatedness. Grab I want there to be there, like obviously. a display that shows a body and like it shows the positions of all the major organs and stuff, but instead of being pictures, they're just like ASCII characters like L for liver and H for heart. I, 
Oh is god, it... that'd be so awful. Is it still going to be possible to grasp with your elbow or your nose? Uh... I suspect it may be, although... <laughs> I'm going to really tense my nostrils and, uh... <laughs> and, then, and then have you in an arm lock somehow. <laughs> So there's been a rewrite of combat, and oh there's a big rewrite of all the underground features. So now, basically, wherever you go on the map, you'll be able to find lava if you dig deep enough. And there'll be all Don't sorts care. Of underground caves and lakes. <laughs> oh, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care about this. Like, I'm interested in, but I really don't care about like the lava in. It's all shit Perhaps you should explain at this point what Dwarf Fortress is, because let's yeah, be honest, it's yeah. not mainstream. No. Well, it is in IRC, Lars. No. Okay. Yeah. But... Um, because IRC is where everyone lives these days. <laughs> all ten of them. <laughs> or at least they did in the late 1980s. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But anyway, uh, well, it's a game where you're a bunch of dwarfs and you dig a fortress. Like, sort of losing the name. Only, only it's made in ridiculous non-graphics, where everything is made up of text symbols, basically. Not actually literal text, because it's a graphical engine that's displaying sprites that are text. <laughs> Which is a completely unnecessary detail. <laughs> yeah, it's a... <laughs> But the thing to point out at this point is it just it's a processor murderer because the amount of detail it processes everything in. Yes. It, it's like it, you just can't run it very fast for very long. If you start eating a shit ton of cats, pathfinding lag will ruin your system. <laughs> this makes no sense to anyone, but yeah. It's like that, <laughs> Fear the it's cats. Not even like when, when it's like a shit ton of cats he's talking about, he's not liking like cats in Startopia or something. He's talking like little little C's or something on the screen, and that will take over your your fortress made up of D's or something. <laughs> oh god, and destroy and melt your processor somehow. Yes, because all the and you haven't even got find. you haven't even got your old Palorona to like. A bit of me is still quite miffed that Muckyfoot didn't live to see another game. Yeah, well... well I mean, they were just a spin-off of Bullfrog anyway. So oh, true. Yeah. We can just about hold together for one more game. Maybe they got sued profusely, but... <laughs> Startopia was well-received. No, it got, um, it got bought by EA. Yeah. Oh, so... Which is why it's looked free as well. Because they did that preview where it was like, here's a teaser video in Dungeon Keeper 2, Dungeon Keeper 3, where you'll be... It's never a good, that's never a good idea, is it? Because they did that in Startopia, didn't they? It's like, look forward to Startopia 2. No, they did. Yeah. Well, they did. In the credit sequence, it says, look out for Startopia 2, the even sequel's always the best. <laughs> did it? Huh. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it, was a, it was only text, though. It wasn't like the Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't like a trailer. <laughs> Like at the end of the original Command and Conquer, and that game finally came out. Well, that was <laughs> that CMC. was the worst teaser ever. It was like, hey, look, you're going to be a mech and walk around and kill it. Only wait, no, you're not. It's just going to be Command and Conquer with mechs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was to get you sort of excited, wasn't it? And then disappeared into the ether for about for about eight years. And then, yeah. And then what was the um. Ah, no, uh, Command and Conquer Four. While well, we're talking about that, it's supposed to be really bad. Yeah, that's. What I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I've been. People are saying oh, it looks interesting because of the way you can change, like you can change between defensive and offensive, like with a button or something. But I was looking at videos of it, and it looked 
like CNC, except, uh, you know, it hasn't moved with the times at all, and I'm pretty sure it's just going to be there, bad. There isn't base building, though. Basically, what it looks to be like is just like, mm. it's world in conflict, only really stupid. <laughs> well, as... And it's just, it's like if they could copy World in Conflict, it wouldn't be a bad thing, though. Well, yeah, that's why I was thinking. It's like this sounds exactly like World in Conflict, where you have like the offensive role and then the support role and stuff. But supposedly it has weird, fucked up, like the unit balance is terrible. And like by playing through the single player, you unlock the tiers of units for multiplayer and single player. And oh, like if you've unlocked weird. tier three, you can always build tier three. You don't have to like tech up to it. Oh right, so so that so that makes the multiplayer really unbalanced, yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. Well, it's it's not so bad if they kept. Way you could change was like uh, they said, oh okay, you can be um, it was like assault, uh, defensive, and there was one other which was like support or something. Oh, or anyway, but like when you're playing the single player, it was like, oh man, like the the devs were talking about it over these videos, or whatever, and they were like, oh maybe I wanna I wanna build up my base, I wanna be in like defense mode or something, but now for this all out assault, I wanna, and it's like why why on earth? But it was like they were making a big point about how there were different play styles and. And, uh, changing between them, but why? Why wouldn't you just be defensive while you were turtling, and then just switch to offensive when you would go to destroy the enemy base? I mean, everyone's going to do that, right? So what's interesting about <laughs> yeah. that? It's like what's that, interesting might as well about not that? Be a switch. Yeah, like, exactly. You might as well just combine those two features into one thing. Isn't that how any RTS has ever worked? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's just you, you build up your, you know, it's it's the same. It's just putting putting a name on the fact that you build up your base defenses first, and then you build your fifty mammoth tanks, and then you roll in or whatever. Do you argue it's, that that's kind of what Ruse is doing, but Ruse does it with uh, visual cues in the sense that you know you could always, when you're playing Fog of War, like just drive your tanks off one way and then go right. I'm out of their range of vision. I'm going to go a different way now, so they're really confused um, and start doing that. But Ruse just puts big arrows saying they were going this way and uh, it's basically as I say putting labels on an idea that's existed since Fog of War in RTSs um, right so that's trying to deliberately like sort of confuse you in that it's a ruse as yeah, it. Yeah. I, it, yeah I don't think it's a bad idea but it's no, it's, it's, it's not it's quite good I don't think it's massively new, though, simply because no. you, you could do it in previous RTSs, but maybe it's, uh, you well, know, it's may, maybe you wouldn't be looking at the other at the other icons, you know, moving in weird directions because you'd be focusing on your turtles, but... Yeah, maybe it's more like for Ruse, maybe it's just like, you. I mean, you could do it in, like, other, in, like, when there was Fog of War in other games, but now, because it's more obvious when it's happening, it's easier to do. It's like, now I know that I'm out of their view range, and it's saying that I am, and it's showing where they think I was going, now I can coordinate easier with what I'm actually doing. Yeah. And just guess. It's almost like the new thing in the new Splinter Cell game. Have you seen that? I mean, this completely different genre, but like when you move out of enemy vision, like it creates a little um, ghost image of where the enemies think you are, and you can use that to. It's, it's kind of cool. a similar idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's quite comparable? Yeah, it's actually uh, quite a good idea though. But it's again, it's almost unnecessary though, isn't it? Because it means. It's going to make it a bit easier because before that, oh, that surely that's the 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 thing about stealth games is that you've got that tension, and that mm. that, that people thrive off in that. And that you know, if if you're not sure whether or not they're going to come for you, and you you know you, you're sitting there going hiding, or oh, hope they don't spot me. Hope they don't spot me. Hopefully they'll they'll get the idea of my uh, my little distraction I played over on yeah. the other side of the room, and that they'll go for it. Hopefully, not. Yeah. 
Oh, oh he's absolutely going to go this way. But I mean, I think the thing, the ghost appears, but I haven't played the game yet, but I'm pretty sure they can see through it if they move up to it or something. Oh, sure, sure. Just, but... Yeah, but like, I don't think it's like a concrete, they will move to this point now because and that's I would there. imagine, hopefully, that they have some kind of more advanced AI where they won't just go up to the ghost and be like, well, he's not here any longer. They might actually like see that you were there and then think, and then actually have the AI think that you might be trying to do something ingenious by distracting them, and actually have them become more alert to other directions. Yeah, so that when they actually get to the point and you're not there, they actually look around, look up, for example, where you might be hanging in the rafters, rather than going, hmm? <laughs> So that's always the big old problem with stealth games, isn't it? Like Metal Gear, for instance, where you set off the alarms and everyone's at you for a while going oh there's someone here what are we going to do um, let's, let's take Metal Gear 1 for instance you're on an isolated island um, yeah. and you're the only guy that's sort of suspicious on the thing and they go that's ah, probably nothing I'm sorry <laughs> he's not going to go anywhere <laughs> he's still around yeah I quite like that. I mean, in the Batman game, uh, Arkham Asylum, uh, it wasn't, like, it was quite contrived and gamey the way it had the gargoyles. But other than that, like, I thought it was quite, like, they never go, oh, there's no problem after they've spotted you. They're terrified the whole time and they're looking around. And, like, the more you pick them off and stuff, they get so scared they start shooting at nothing, which is really disconcerting at first. Because, like, you don't usually get that in games. But um, but when you hear a shooting sound, you, you assume you've got aggro. And, um, you know, you're being shot at. Yeah, I agree. Automatically, even if they're not hitting you. And they're just shooting at shadows, literally. Like, you can see, and, and, and you can see their heart rate as well, using your bat vision and stuff. And it gets higher and higher, and they get more scared, and it's really cool. And they never, like, calm down. You know, I found that disconcerting in Bioshock as well, because, well, admittedly I have humongous sound problems, so any kind of noise was a bit... I don't, I'm not quite sure what this is, but the... Uh, yeah, it was glitchy as hell. I think it's a lazy port to the PC. Um, yeah. But one of the uh, one of the things you sort of hear your your turrets that you've previously hacked sort of having a fight in other rooms when enemies have spawned back in there, and uh, oh. they're, they're sort of they all of a sudden a fight breaks out and you're like, ah, oh, what the heck is that? Um, and then after mm. a while it's like, oh, it's fine. It's, it's not it's, it's not actually going to bother me. It's a bit more worrying when your rocket turrets start firing <laughs> and you're like, ah, where's that coming from? Yeah, I, oh, going back to sort of gamey conversations, well, not that we weren't in a gamey conversation, but I, uh, yeah, I finished Bioshock at last, first yeah. one. And, no, uh, yeah, Correct. although I have to say, I hope the, the, they've, the port is better, because that did ruin a lot of it for me. Like the, uh, I did have fairly atrocious sound issues, in that it would only play a certain number of samples at the same time, like four. Surround sound didn't on, work. On PC, this is. Yeah, yeah, the PC version, and the the surround sound didn't work really at all. And yeah, and of course there was that 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 thing I mentioned uh, to you guys, but previously about uh, the physics engine, which runs oh, at thirty, right. which is fixed at thirty frames per second, while the game runs faster on a PC, obviously. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it looks odd. That's bizarre. Don't get me wrong, I kind of enjoyed it, and I did sort of play through it, and it's kind of thing, but technical issues did kind of make it a whole lot worse than it needed to be and for that reason I can't really mark it as a great game because it's just a bit too glitchy right but what did you think I mean what the the strength of it is supposedly like I mean it is very it's look good looking and stuff for the time and uh, mm. it's got a unique well, it still looks pretty good yeah and the atmosphere yeah. is nice you, you it's hard to you do get into it because it's quite claustrophobic um, yeah 
you, you do, it does take a little getting used to. I don't know what you know. You're used to these big open areas in modern games where you can run around and do what you like, pretty much. And then this really confines you in, and it's it does feel fresh, but at the same time, well, it's fresh and old school. And you sort of yeah. have to get, if you know what I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you know, do, do you know what I mean though? It's like the yeah. old games used to be corridor shooters, didn't they? Like Quake and yeah. Doom 3 That's being true. the, <laughs> being the example that comes to my head. And, uh, yeah, well, that it, was an odd one because that was almost retro at the time, wasn't it? Doom 3, if you think about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, even Half Life is a bit more open, certainly in places, than, than, like, you know, Doom 3 yeah. was. What do you think about wrapping this up? I think we've gone on for over an hour now. Ah, <laughs> uh, how are we doing? Uh, I haven't talked about anything I've played. <laughs> yeah, we're totally even ignoring Dan. So, oh, no, uh, he, he's the host. He, he, we're, 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 yeah, he's technically the host, and for this week, we're the, we're, we're his guests, boy. Yeah, you need this to like. You need to reciprocate the question when we reach a point that it's appropriate. I mean, I need to... No, 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 it's okay. I, I will... Uh, shall I... Yeah, we'll go on a little bit. How long the the, the podcasts are pretty long? Aren't they? Like two hours or something? <laughs> oh, really? I'm having fun, actually. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Well, I don't know how much longer it'll be until my dinner's ready, so... Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah, and then we'll have the mushrooms, shall we? Yeah, then some mushrooms will turn up suddenly. Say <laughs> <laughs> Always say yes to mushrooms. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Man. Listen up, kids. Not, always say yes to mushrooms. mushrooms. So it's like, I'll have some. Not necessarily tons. I don't know what else is coming with these mushrooms. I assume it's not just going to be a big pile of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I work with someone who pretty much has a phobia of mushrooms. Yeah, some people really don't like them. I don't know. They, they sort I of like, get that get filthy thing I... away from me. I kind of greasy and gooey. Yeah, they say it's like slimy or something, but yeah, so I, it's not, I can't imagine it's like eating oysters. But yeah, it, mushrooms are tasty. Uh, oysters <laughs> are not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're gonna say. Oysters don't taste of anything at all. They probably taste of salt. I imagine a lot. Yeah, of salt. salt and phlegm. <laughs> You've not ever tried one, have you? I, mean, I can't remember the last time I had one, but... Uh... Well, I haven't tried oysters themselves, per se, but I've tried <laughs> lots of seafood things, like mussels and stuff, that are sort oh, of yeah. similar, oh, I suppose, yeah. and, yeah, oh my god, good. they're just awful. Yeah. I, I can't quite understand why, you know, when you order mussels at a restaurant or something, you get this bucket of mussels, uh, but they're, they're just, like... You have to prize the shell open and everything and eat them out. It, it seems too much like hard work. Whereas, you know, this I, know, it's, it's, I suppose this is coming from me who likes. I suppose this is coming from me who you know who likes his pizza where you can eat no, every part of it. Hang on, I'm gonna mute. You carry on for a minute. Okay. Wow. Mushrooms. Wow. <laughs> mushrooms happen. <laughs> mushrooms do happen. Uh, mushrooms on pizza. Mm, can't go wrong with that. Yes, it is apparently food time. Oh, okay. outrageous. Uh, but, yeah, but since I won't be talking while Dad's talking, you can just carry on and do Dad's gaming bit, and I'll just listen in, and if I need to say anything, I'll unmute. <laughs> okay. And uh, the train agrees. Yes, so, the train also saying, agrees. So you're eating, but you're eating at your desk, are you? Yeah, that's where I normally eat. Oh, that's okay then. You're not, you're not like, leaving or anything. No, it's not going to be a right. problem. Okay, so, you can chime in. 
Oh, does Axe Influence makes us sound pretty young, doesn't it? Like we're like teenage upstarts trying to make a name for ourselves on te- interwebs. We and, pretty uh, much are, though. I mean, we tried yeah, before. We're, we're much, we've done that once already, and now we're trying to resurrect it. Hmm. I guess. Okay, right. we're, with a bit of hindsight and... from now on, and then okay. I'll chime in if, if necessary. Okay, Zeg. <laughs> By the way, but... Zeg means Zach. <laughs> As you might not know. Yes, so what have I been playing? I guess I should uh, answer that question. Sure. Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about Mass Effect 2 a bit, because that was fantastic, but I, I should say that I recently, the other day, got hold of a copy of Bayonetta. Oh, really? Which was cheap, yeah, because it's got some great reviews out there. And um, I checked it, I yeah. totally wouldn't have figured you as a, as a, as a Bayonetta no. player. No, I'm not really that, it's not my kind of thing. But I thought, well, better give it a shot. So, and it was really cheap, it's like 17 quid or something on Amazon. Uh, bonus. I thought, well, I'll give it a go. But it is really Japanese, you know. I mean, I know what you're saying about it might not be my kind of game, and I think it might not be, but I'm, I'm enjoying it anyway. Like... Uh, yeah, it's just the uh, the J-pop soundtrack and the uh, sort of over-femininity fem- of it. Well, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, I mean, I like anime and stuff, but this is just, like, it's quite cheesy. Like, yeah. the J-pop thing, like, I thought that I'd be fine with that, because I'm like, oh, J-pop, jazz, whatever. I'm like, oh, it'll be cool. It'll be like... Oh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's not Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. <laughs> it's, it's not Cowboy Bebop. It's not Jet Set Radio either, you know, because that was great. That had a great soundtrack. This is, oh. like, literally, like, Fly Me to the Moon being sung by some, you know, J-pop stuff. It's that sort of... Um, it's hard to describe it. That sort of uh, bouncy piano dance, isn't it? Where everything sounds a little bit from the eighties, but yeah, a bit crisper for some reason. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like you ever played the old Ridge Racer games. I mean, I know that's Japanese yeah, and it's yeah. thing, but that that over over um, requirement yeah, to have slap yeah. bass in every song. Yeah, yeah, it does remind me of Ridge Racer actually. Was that from Ridge Racer 64? I know, all, all the early Ridge Racer games, they all, they all, yeah, they pretty much had um, had slap bass in every song. I think that was the theme from the, the first Ridge Racer, was just that yeah. on the slap bass. And... What was that thing from 64, they bringing up the rear or something? Was oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It took great pleasure in uh, announcing... Um, that uh, player four is bringing up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, but so Bayonetta, yeah. I mean, I, I bought it because I thought it would be absolutely spectacular. It's pretty incredible. Hang on, roll back a second. You, you got as far as spec and then lagged out. Oh, did I lag out? So, I, I thought it was pretty spec. Spectacular looking, I was going to say, like graphically, like the attacks are absolutely mental. I mean, it took me a while to get, because there's like a combo system, obviously. It's a bit like Devil May Cry, only like turned up to 11, basically. <laughs> uh, so um, It's made by the Devil May Cry guys, yeah, isn't it? Same guy, yeah. yeah. So but he's given me like an in-route because like obviously it's a new franchise and stuff. And it's quite confusing like story-wise because like they don't really explain why, but you are... You are a witch who's fighting the forces of heaven, right? And you are allied with, presumably allied with the forces of hell. It's quite confusing because it doesn't really tell you why. Maybe it's just personal vendetta, you know, rather than being aligned or... You know, well, witches. I don't know, because like, whenever you go, well, you're a witch or whatever, and 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 the uh, your the bad guys that attack you do come down from heaven, and um, whenever you go to the shop or whatever to um up to buy upgrades and stuff, you actually go 
sort of into the bowels of the earth or something down into hell where there's a bar where there's like this dude <laughs> this dude sells weapons and stuff like this tough dude or whatever and then you come back up so you go down into the earth to buy to, so I think you are allied with the forces of at least the underworld against the force of heaven for some reason there's obviously some anyway it doesn't make any sense so I'm literally <laughs> skipping the cutscenes at this point because I'm going come on get to the action but um yeah it has this elaborate combo system uh but um I think the key really is dodging like attacks you have a dodge on your oh yeah getting the getting the witch time as they call it yeah 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 so if you manage to pull off a dodge you you get witch time which is like bullet time and increases the power of your attacks and stuff but like so you have to watch for the enemies telegraphing their attacks and uh dodge at just the right moment uh and that'll give you more more and more witch time and that is almost more important than pulling off combos because some of them are quite slow and they can be interrupted quite easily by uh any pansy-ass enemy actually hitting you and so but if you manage to dodge at just the right moment even if you're in the middle of a combo you can dodge that's cool uh, and break out of it uh, i found that annoying with traditional fighting games how you can um activate a combo but there's always if, if you want to stop the move there's always a difficult get out clause or there's a yeah. some games actually have a sequence of buttons you have to push in order to stop the move you're doing uh, and i was yeah. uh, you know and instinctively i just go block and <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah because there isn't a block there's, there's just a dodge hey man uh so <laughs> to interrupt your conversation long until and, um, and, and, and inform you that I was quite disappointed by the Russian content. <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> very much Russian at all. Oh. Mario wouldn't be happy. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and it does a really good. Uh, the animation is really good for the dodge as well because, like, I don't know how it works. It's out. It's obviously contextual depending on where you are, but it looks like depending on the swing of the enemy, she'll actually flip over the blade or do something really cool like that like when you dodge away it looks really cool yeah so a bit like in the batman game how all the punches seem to connect so well in that in this it's more the dodges that look good in that respect but yeah if you manage to pull off a combo then you start going into her crazy witch thing whereby because the, the 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 conceit is that she's a witch with lot long magical dark hair that covers her and turns into... It is the suit, uh, isn't it? It's yeah. her suit, yeah. But as she, she needs that magical hair in order to perform the crazy attack, so the more the more arse you kick, the more naked the girl gets, basically. Which is <laughs> pretty... But, but, it, but it always makes an effort to have a, have a tuft of hair concealing any... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never see anything too bad, but it, it is... See, that sounds bad in itself, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I have hair concealing my naughtiness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the hair is what you're trying to avoid in many cases. But yeah, it like turns into leather or something when it's hiding stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, and you have like a lollipop. Hiding well. the humps. You can, you can upgrade your lollipop to change your like magical abilities and stuff, but I don't know. So, so, so she's Kojak. Yeah, no, she is Kojak, <laughs> literally. She's like a cross between like a Kojak and like a sexy secretary or something with the glasses or something. Not secretary, but librarian sort of thing. Yeah, I know the look, I know the look, yeah. yeah like Quistus from FF8. Yeah. yeah, and uh... Literally the hot librarian look. <laughs> yeah. They do look quite similar, it has to be said. Yeah. Apart from the orange versus black. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And she has got that brilliant thing whereby she dual wheels pistols, but she's also got pistols for um you know uh 
To what? <laughs> well, yeah, well, not chins. I don't have a gun chin. <laughs> there we go, a new podcast name, Gun Chin. <laughs> Guns to mentor. <laughs> no, I said shins, but uh, yeah. Yeah, the... no, yeah. For like heels, basically. Yeah. Heels on her shoes, yeah, which which aren't that useful really. I mean, you have to you, some of the combos you can transition into a kind of shooty thing, uh, which is good against like really weak airborne enemies and stuff. But but because boss fighty, like it's not like a level with a bunch of enemies and stuff, and then at the end there's a boss. Like so far, I've been playing it, and it's like you walk down a corridor or something, and then there's a there's a mini boss fight or something, and a bunch of enemies, and then. Uh, and then you literally have only walked into the next room and it's another boss fight, just a bigger one. And like some levels so far are just a stream of boss fights and that's all, all it is. Which is but, but they're quite the highlights of those games though, aren't they? Because let's be honest, if oh, they're yeah. lots of minions, most of them can be can be uh, beaten down by mashing the keypad with your palm now. And it's... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, the dodging thing means that you can't just... Ma you can wail on them, but there's always going to be another one coming up behind you or something that you're going to have to dodge at some point, even though it, he makes it fairly obvious by swinging his thing in the air that he's going to attack you. You do have to dodge rather than carrying on wailing on the other guy. Whereas with the bosses, it's more traditional, like, they're right in front of you. You don't have to be so aware in 3D space because the boss will be in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to dodge at the right moment or, like, avoid, you know, you know how bosses work. It's weird. A bit of me has always sort of been intrigued by a game of this type, but the sort of hack-and-slash nature of it sort of strikes me a bit as this will get tedious quite quickly. And uh, maybe the, the more modern ones, like, for instance, I haven't played any of the God of Wars and uh, I haven't played... Yeah. You know, I haven't actually played any of them since Devil May Cry 1, really, to any lengthy yeah. degree. And uh, I got kind of the same effect with that. I kind of got bored of Devil May Cry. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like how I said it like he was Scottish there. De Devil May Cry. <laughs> Devil May Cry rally. Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> But you know, I, I got to say, I, I was I watched the uh, review of um, uh, God of War three, and uh, picking up on your oh, yeah. point earlier about you know it was nice that they gave you an in um, because it's a, a new franchise and stuff. I yeah. have to admit, God of War, the, some of it just looks incredible. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the the concept of the Titan fights, although it's like um, uh, I, I'm aware that it's like the minority of the game, but. I just want to see it in action for myself. Yeah, and because uh, it it, the the concept just seems so amazing. It does sound pretty incredible. I mean, it seems the, like, the, the, nope, the that would be dead lagging out again. Oh, sorry. Back up. It seems like, like, the, it seems like the key with these games is once you get the mechanics down pat and stuff, that it's just making it as ridiculously massive and enormous as possible, just making things falling out of the sky and like, you know, so you get so you're like, you can barely see your character because he's so small next to the boss and stuff like that. <laughs> my, question, my next question would be, I suppose, is are the buff fight, buff, buff fights? <laughs> University champs. Are the uh, boss fights, um, actually clever in the sense that you have to fight each one with enough variation that they, yeah, that they stay interesting and they don't rely on you know quick time events not that I have a problem with quick time events but yeah well um so far I've had um dog. a few variations on like one mini boss basically I don't think that was a dog I don't know what you're talking about I think it's just because you're not talking and your game made uh, the feedback yeah. come back but I think they're going to get more and more 
um, more and more ridiculous, but um, uh, so far they've been quite varied actually, but I think that may be because I've just started the game and I think like there's already been a repetition of bosses just getting, you know, slightly different or slightly bigger. I heard they sort of, uh, I've heard that at one point in the game you start seeing bosses as regular minions, you know, so they start, yeah. they, they start populating the levels like, like, like the guys you could kill in seconds. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the, the first, like, mini-boss guy with the big, who swings the big axe thing, who is a boss. Like, oh, yeah, 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 he was in yeah. the demo. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I wouldn't be surprised if the, like, whole levels were populated by, by sort of, tons of those by the point, you know, because you get so good at killing those, I expect. But, um... Yeah, because yeah. what was it? There's a, was it... Uh, I don't think I'm thinking of Metroid per se, although that does do it, that you see the occasional thing that starts out like a boss and occasionally and then you start fighting more of them as you progress I'm sort of thinking of those ice buggers um, <laughs> that sort of start like a cutscene and then you have to face more of them later um, mm. but I'm not sure I'm thinking of those but it's not uncommon is it nowadays to sort of do things like that because I suppose you get more powerful as the game goes on and then you can sort of feel smug as you beat down something that was hard before <laughs> That's true. I'm not. I'm not sure yet with Bayonetta where, how much the upgrades, how much difference they're really going to make, like to your power. I presume you're going to get quite a lot more powerful as the game goes through, but it might be one of those games where you just have to get better at it. You know. Again, not a, not a bad thing because it's actually got no. a, you know a uh, traditional difficulty curve. Yeah, well, it's a very it's a it's a very video gamey video game, which is good. You know, yeah, like, now that now that you've now, now that you've brought that up, that that is a big problem with Bioshock, in that you can if you if you're thorough, the end of the game is seriously easy. Yeah, it's quite hard to begin with as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, the first Big Daddy fight is pretty tough. Yeah, um, so I tend to play without the Vita chambers on as well because I find that concept crap. Um, so I, I, turned, <laughs> yeah. I turned all that off and. Uh, uh, yeah, the Big Daddy fight was actually pretty tough the first one, and they still yeah. actually they stay tough throughout the game because the Big Daddies get hardier as you go through yeah. the game. But the end boss was actually pretty simple, I found. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's not really a strength of the game. Really, it's more in the story there rather than the like the final boss being. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing about about Mass Effect Two actually was that it had a fairly it was fine, but it had a fairly lame final boss. Considering how amazing the game was, they you know that was a, you could argue that was a weak point. I think because it, it was the it was the culmination of a really cool like final mission, like because like um, it, it's like labelled as a I I don't know I would go into an aspect but like wow it gets loud doesn't it when Zach doesn't talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the game must be doing something. I'm sure I've got that turned off unless it's actually in Teamspeak it's doing that. It's probably in TeamSpeak, yeah. Oh, I was about to say, in theory, in theory like I, my, my so then should have been quite loud. Yeah. No, I don't think it was. Didn't you oh. turn the auto gain off, though? I had... Turn it back on. Turn it back on because it sounded worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Obviously, this is still work in progress as far as recording goes. Have you done eating, Zeg? Yeah, I, I told you. I came back and said, lack of. Isn't that, isn't that a place? <laughs> that was pretty fast. Let's all go to Dunneaton. No, 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 no. It wasn't much of a food. It was like it was like <laughs> <laughs> It's not a food, it's like <laughs> it wasn't much of a food. It was like croutons and 
and some bits of meat, and then some small quantities of mushrooms on salad. And it was like, that's not a meal, that's an appetizer. <laughs> What's this appetizer? I shall have this appetizer. <laughs> no, it was in fact a meal. It was okay. Yeah. I'll probably. You know, What's it supposed I, to be? I don't know. I have no idea what actually what. I don't know what the flavour was. I don't know what the meat was. <laughs> like, here's some food. Eat this. Oh, it's a, one of my traditional dad's cooking experiments. Here's a recipe I found somewhere. Make this. It was horse, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not going to deny that because I don't actually know. <laughs> I, I cannot deny or confirm such accusations. It could well be horse, but we just don't know. <laughs> With a horse. Do, do you guys have any questions about Mass Effect, by the way? Because I did play through all of that. Um, and uh, I think I sort of right into it now. I do, but I don't want to ask them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you've got like, some related questions. <laughs> yeah, and I've had I've had a few. Yeah, I've got a guy at work who's who's pretty enthusiastic about it, and he's already <laughs> played through and finished it. And it, it, he's hard. It, he has to hold himself back from from dropping little spoilers, like probing Uranus, and uh, it's. <laughs> that that <laughs> was going well at the start. I have a guy at work who's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> and then you paused after you said pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not really that. I don't know how I could really... Sp I'm not going to obviously say anything but uh, to spoil it, but I don't know. It's not like a super spoiler-heavy kind of game. It's I mean, do you know what... It's actually as boring as it is, as, uh, as it's meant to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is, but um, I, I, um, my, my tactic is to, um, I, I quite enjoy it in a kind of mind-numbing way, but the, the, what I do is um, I, I play the giant bombcast at the same time, so if, uh, you're, if you're listening that, to the podcast... That's what yeah. you do. Yeah, just listen to a podcast you while you're doing it. It's like, that's always my problem when I'm listening to the, the podcast, is like, what am I going to do while I'm listening to the podcast? Yeah. I can't do anything that actually requires very much concentration. Yeah. I don't want to just be sitting here. <laughs> So to be honest, it's absolutely perfect for doing something like that because you are actually doing something that um, will help you in the long run. Because like mining the minerals, I mean, it's not, it is boring, but like it's sort of fun at the same time in a weird way. I mean, you probably have to play it, but like the, the, it's like, do you know how it works? Like you, 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 you yeah, move like, you, well, you move your, uh, you zoom into the planet, right? Uh, a normal planet that isn't one of your places where you can land, you know, and instead of landing on, on it, you, uh, you, you have like a cursor that you can move across the surface and you can spin the planet around using the right stick and you can move this cursor slowly. Uh, when you're scanning uh, um, across the surface, why, and you scan by holding down the right trigger, and uh, it makes this whir sound, right? And then um, you get a little meter on the side that shows you what minerals are below your cursor, so usually there's nothing, but it'll spike up when there appears something. And also your uh, your controller will vibrate like more when you get closer, so it's a bit like sort of warmer, warmer, you know, hotter, yeah. hotter. Yeah. Okay. So, and then when you find a spot, you you... No, hang on, you hold down the left trigger to scan, and then you fire a probe using the right trigger. And then when you fire the probe onto that spot, then you get whatever minerals were at that point. Uh, so, um... And there's, uh, there's about four different minerals, and one of them is quite rare, like Element Zero, which is used for some of the more hardcore weapons and stuff, so... I mean, the thing is, you don't have to do it that much, because, like, you pick up these minerals in crates, 
while you're going through the game. Like, that's pretty much all that's in crates these days. Like, money yeah. and these minerals. Because it used to be, you used to get items, like a standard RPG, but now they've streamlined it, so you don't get any loot in. And the standards of crates these days, it's just a... <laughs> Yeah, you just times are, times are hard. They just they, you know, they just put random materials in them now. You know they they can't yeah. just. Uh... Well, actually, to be fair, you, you've you've hit a point there. It's like um, what did I say? To be fair, that makes no sense in that context. But you know, as Zach said, said, you know, you just hit him with a hammer, a chest opens. It's like they're pretty poorly constructed chests that you can just kick open, like the ones in Lost Odyssey, who just like or in Duke of Zelda, where you yeah. can Zelda. Kick them. <laughs> the little ones kick open, don't you? It's actually kind of cool, because it's like, this chest yeah. is so tiny, you can't bend down to open it, so you just kick it! <laughs> How does that work with the big link? Because, like, even, you kick it even when you're child link, don't you? The little ones. So that must be quite yeah. hard to kick when you're, like... I can't yeah, do the animation. Yeah, it does look kind of dumb. Uh, it's because he, it's like you kick it, but then you'd still have to imagine that you'd have to bend down to pick whatever is in there, but he, it, it, he just turns around and it appears. <laughs> yeah. everything hovers out of chests. Yeah, everything magically hovers yeah, out of chests. Yeah, gravity inside them that repels whatever's in them into the air immediately <laughs> to your chest height so you can grab it. <laughs> and, and when you lift it above your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's the residual. <laughs> <laughs> Sound it should make. Because <laughs> because that's what anti-grav is. It's uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a spring-like sound. You know they should really mod it so that like there should be a mod for TF2 that makes it make that sound whenever you like get an item. There probably is. Yes, I may have heard that as a mod for like the kill sound or the domination sound. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then, and then it plays in reverse when they, uh, when you lose it. <laughs> that would actually be funny. What's the death sound in Zelda? I don't know. Is there one? <laughs> yeah. But there's that weird noise that you get when you fall into a bottomless pit where it goes. <laughs> no, not, 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 not the scream sound. No, okay. The, the weird whooshy noise that it makes. Yeah. I know the one you mean. No. It's like. That is, of course, for those of you who don't know, from. Um, Majora's Time Mask announcement in Majora's Mask, yeah. Where yeah. it sounds like someone saying dingo. <laughs> dingo twice. Dingo, dingo. <laughs> so classic. Uh, Nobody wants to talk about the blur beta, but at the same time, uh, we're we're probably hitting the two hour mark now. Have you played? Coming up to it. Oh, you, 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 oh, of course, you can see the timestamp. I can't for some reason. I, <laughs> for some reason, I've got this, the crappy recorder on this thing. It means I push record, and it doesn't tell me when I push record, but it tells everyone else. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we've got about. 10, 20 minutes before we hit two hours. Yeah, we've got 20 minutes. Oh, Alright. That's enough for the blur. blur. Have, you, have you played this then, the blur beat? Yeah, I think it's actually pretty sweet. Oh, I've heard good things. Yeah. It is good. Maybe not, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it, it is good. If, if, you could, if it's very floaty, but it's... People were trying to compare the handling to Project Gotham, but it isn't really. It's actually very much like Burnout. Um... 
okay. without some of the drifting mechanics. Like drifting actually does slow you down, like it probably would. Um, oh, that's good. Because so you can't really turn. I mean, it seems like <laughs> no. for, for driving game. But you don't well, really but, turn it. No, t actually. turning isn't. Um, you, you turn more in Blur, but it's still not. It's quite. It's still quite heavy. It's not like you can. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's not like Grand Theft Auto steering or you know how, how, or anything yeah. you'd expect from like a, uh, a a proper racing game, shall we say? Um, yeah. You, you still don't turn that much, but you turn more than burnout. But okay. It's like the one thing it's missing, if I'm honest, is burnout style crashes. Um, I mean, although you're throwing, you know, the sort of um, how everything, you know, when in burnout when you hit someone out, they dramatically flip out and stuff like that. In um, yeah. in blur, you flip out as the result of getting hit by a power up or um, right, yeah. something like that. But it's usually in a controlled manner, um, so it doesn't screw you up control. quite so badly. Um, it's like the Mario Kart effect, you know, like when you hit a um, a banana skin. Oh, yeah, for reason, and then land back on the right way up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, did you ever play the original? Yeah. Do you ever play the original Daytona? Where you know every crash would result like that in a sort of ridiculously bouncy fashion. Yeah, it's it's a bit like that, um, but not quite so scripted. Um, I mean, certain weapons cause more of a, a physics effect rather than a, a pre-scripted sort of like that effect. Like the bolts are cool; they're like the green shells, but instead of like causing you to tard out, they uh, push you off target slightly. Mm. Just just enough to make you swerve, possibly into something nasty. Okay, uh, and do they get you out of the way if you're trying to overtake? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, they're good if you're on the inside of a corner and you hit them on the inside of their car because it pushes them out to the side into the wall and stuff and it can I really screw up their corner, um, which is neat. Awesome. Um, and it's uh, the one thing that's strike. The one thing I don't really like is that it's not massively visually impressive. Like really? the, the, the worlds, uh, yeah. Strangely, some of the levels in the beta look kind of bland, and uh, like the city levels, especially, they don't look that great. I mean, it's nice that they're all in twilight, but it's I don't know. There's something not that great about them. PGR looks better, and um, the so yeah, visually, I'm not sure it's quite up there. The cars still look good, and the effects are quite nice, but it's strange because PGR's been kind of outdone by like Forza 3 lately in terms of graphics because they really upped their game didn't they uh, oh, oh yeah For Forza 3 is uh, shit but it's uh... <laughs> but you think they concentrate quite hard on the graphics what with all their sort of power ups and stuff yeah, I suppose they're more That's worried about because it's, it's designed as a multiplayer game that they don't want anything screwing the frame rate up yeah that's fair enough um, so I, I don't mind that there's a, a slight loss in fidelity because the, the frame rate does keep up. And uh, also has this weird concept of crashing, though, in that some collisions um, it considers bad enough to automatically replace you on the track. Sometimes that's a little heavy-handed. Right. But well, it, try, it, it, it is a beat, though. Yeah, yeah, admittedly, but at the moment it's a bit heavy-handed, I'd say. But, you know, it's 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 like if you accidentally take the um, the middle route when there's only left and right routes. It's <laughs> you sort of hit, okay. hit the central division and you stop dead, for instance, and you get mashed up a bit. Um, right. It considers that bad enough to replace you, which is usually fine. But sometimes in the heat of heat of battle, you can get shoved into, a, into the side of the track, for instance, by um, a power-up. And um, then it will replace you, and you sort of think, "Oh, actually, that was a bit harsh." Right, you should have slid down the wall. Well, yeah, you know, you you sort of ground off the wall. Admittedly, you hit the wall hard, but you sort of grind off it, and you're still sort of going in the right direction, and you don't really think, "Yeah, that's, that's that wasn't really necessary." 
and okay. then you're sort of out of the fight a little bit. So is it more like, would you say it's more like, in terms of the power-ups, would you say it's more like Mario Kart or um, like Wipeout? Um, that's a tough one, really. Um, it's probably more like Mario Kart, actually, because you get okay. things that um, there is an equivalent to the blue shell. Right, yeah. Let's put it that way, but it's not quite so mean. In that it's, okay. uh, it fires like an EMP zone in front of right. the leader, um, and they have to dodge it. Essentially. They can dodge it because they're just fixed points on the track, but they're quite large fixed points. Okay. Um, and it's and it only stops you, you from having like you lose power for like a second, so it slows you down a little bit. So they're not harsh. Okay. Um, Could that affect someone who is just trailing the leader? Yeah, exactly. You, you, okay. The people in second place can get hit, and if you're too close to the lead, you can actually mess it, mess yourself up. Um, they do. They do have the desired effect of bunching the crowd. <laughs> Is that like Zach's equivalent of tumbleweed? <laughs> if I don't say anything, it gets louder. But then I don't want to say anything, so I'm interrupting. Like, but then the train interrupts even worse. Ah. Oh. Well, maybe you should yeah. talk about your impressions of a game you haven't played yet. Yeah, that, that, I'll make shit up here. <laughs> it's like gut reaction to a gut, you know, everyone has gut reactions to games they haven't played, you know. I mean, do you know anything about Blur, Zach? I know something, I know I saw like a couple of bits of video. Although I did, I'm fairly sure I saw a headline on some gaming site somewhere that said, it's like Mario Kart, but with no blue shell, and then Rob comes along and says, actually this apparently it's like a blue shell. <laughs> it's like, it, 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 it is specifically designed to mess up the leader, so, and, and it is blue yeah. in colour, so <laughs> it's, it's hard not to draw similarities. Yeah. I, know, I think this... That EMP thing sounds quite good, actually. It's not quite. It's not nearly as harsh as the blue shell. The blue shell is just yeah. mean, but yeah, because it didn't just screw you up a little bit, did you? No, it didn't just. It didn't even just red shell you. It threw you into the air, so you're seconds out of action, which yeah, is lame. really harsh. And come to a full stop as well. Yeah, so you have to accelerate as well, and uh, yeah, not so great. It's good. Hmm. I'm a little bit. The sound design is 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 great as well, but it's a bit. Um, it's like a movie sound system, so like the, it's all kind of fuzzy and uh, um, I don't mean fuzzy in a bad way, like the quality is bad, but in a sort of everything's a bit grimy, you know, like the sounds like um, a lot of some of it okay. sounds like it's been ripped out of Star Wars. Um, some of the effects of things flying past, like bolts, for instance, the, the sort of shovey green shell equivalent, um, yeah. sort of goes. Sort of okay. with this sort of wibbly sort of gated effect as it flies past, which sounds really cool. But everything's okay. kind of grungy and sort of electrical sounding. It's like it's hard to describe. Obviously, but, what we're hoping for is that these sound effects are in web so we can replace them. Yeah, but it's it's kind of it's kind of, it, it's weirdly oppressive. Is the is the what I'd use? They're not light and um, they're sort of. Uh, yeah, quite, quite, quite heavy sounding. Although some of them do have neat effects, like when you fire the red shell equivalent, it uh, sort of for uh, the effect of firing it kind of dulls the rest of the sound out for a bit. To sort of suggest that it's oh, a big deal. I quite like that. Like, like that in that you know Star Wars Episode Two, that sound design I always thought was quite good. <laughs> Terrible film, but I always thought that was really cool. The way that you know those, those mines, sonic mines. In yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome. But they were cool. They were good in the cinema. But the way beforehand, that was cool about them. Yeah. So they had I mean, the best well, um, because it's licensed cars, isn't it? But why? I mean, what what gets me is that like it doesn't need them. No, it could be like Burnout, where they like just cars that look like cars. You know, yeah. look real but aren't. I mean, that would be fine. I would have thought, wouldn't you? It doesn't need them, but there's, Maybe you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a certain coolness in using predefined cars, because I mean, you kind of get the variety and you don't end up... Because the problem with burnout cars is they all kind of end up looking like the same. Mm, Owning them true. apart actually gets a bit difficult until you get, like, the, the crazy-ass ones at the end. Well, they were quite good, I thought, in um, in good old Burnout 3. They were quite... I mean, oh, I guess they would kind of look the same in the same class, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, they were usually just slight reskins, weren't they? Like the oldest, yeah. and they kind of got repeated, but with a bit more aggressive body kit attached to them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. In fact, the PlayStation version of Burnout Three, you know, the PS2 version, actually probably did a better job because some of the cars didn't have textures because it went wrong. And <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was one version. that was um, Dominator cars were meant to be flamey, weren't they? Yeah, and they just didn't get flamey, so so you could sort of tell them apart. Make very much difference because I mean, oh, no, I guess not. Like primary colours <laughs> or whatever. I always remember the, the PlayStation Two version. The PlayStation Two version of that game, like the sparks, were like just massive compared to. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> I always thought that the aliasing on the Xbox version was a bit heavy because it made the uh, the headlights of oncoming cars just kind of a bit blurred into the uh, what was going on, and I found it even more difficult to dodge them. No, it was quite hard to see him coming. Yeah. I mean, it was hard enough in the PS2 version, but everything was a bit sharper because of the lack of anti-aliasing. But... Yeah, but we it was all SD back at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be easier to dodge them now, I guess. But um, that was a great game. I really liked Burnout 3. I still think Burnout Revenge on the 360 was the best. Really? Good. Yeah, no, I, I think that was I brilliant. I Burnout 3 to Burnout Revenge. I think it had a good online system as well, which is what made it for, you know, the the online in Revenge is pretty well done. Hmm. Like, to be honest, I don't. I haven't actually touched Paradise because I wasn't that impressed by the demo, so... No, well, the demo is just a bit roving shit that just looked weird. Like, yeah. park somewhere and then start a race and then you don't have a track, so it's like you have to be looking at the map to try and work out where the fuck you're going. My concern is that there was less interaction yeah. with the uh, other other drivers. That also. I mean, so I like, am... If you were taking a route that wasn't the default route, you were never going to see anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I played the demo and I didn't like it, uh, And but then I saw a lot of stuff on the internet saying, oh, the demo's not very good compared to the full game, but I did actually rent the full game at one point and I never... Lag. ...my impressions. So, <laughs> lag. Did you have a lag when it happens? Has it gone now? Lag. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. I was just saying that I rented the actual game of Burnout Paradise and I never got into it, so... Um, it's not just a demo, I don't think. But a lot of people really like it, so... And you can get it on PC as well. You can probably get it on Steam really cheap, actually, Rob. Um, it's not that cheap, because they keep releasing the, um, replacing the old versions of it with the, um, the bundle boxes, because they... Type loudly. Um, because... Hell, I entered a search term and it just put me back on the front page again. That's not helpful. Are you browsing? It's going to see how much burnout costs, just so we can confirm this fact. Oh, on Steam. Okay. Have you ever seen that program on BBC called Great Unanswered Questions? No. It's like, 
to one. Um, I can't remember who the host is, but they usually have a guest, some smart dude, who's quite, actually I find quite annoying, um, and this bloke, but I can't remember the name of him, but he sits in this giant, <laughs> he sits in this giant sort of chair that's made of like a basket, and there's, there's yeah. all kinds of lights around him, and uh, he, he basically has a laptop in front, and they are, any of the questions that come up, he tries to confirm using the internet, and um, <laughs> man and Wikipedia. Yeah, he, he's, he's a typical, he's a typical man of the internet, shall we say? Yeah, that he's quite big, has glasses, and a ginormous beard. Um, and but best of all, he has a little button on the arm of the chair that when he pushes and plays this like guru sound effect, like to, to get attention from the other people who usually just keep talking unless he interrupts. Okay, that was funny. It's so Zach is that man now. <laughs> the reason why I haven't seen it very much is because it's like it's like Northern Ireland or something. Oh. Yeah, I, I saw it on iPlayer and I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why. I did see it come up on iPlayer and I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't connect with location. BBC Northern Ireland, their first guest was Dara Britain. <laughs> and Lucy Porter though, who I don't think is Irish. Uh, no. Don't okay, Burnout Paradise, the ultimate box, 20 quid. Mm. When they say the ultimate box, is that actually the ultimate box, or is that the the, the, the subsequent box that includes Big Surf Island? It's That's a good question. It's really bad marketing there. It's like, this is the ultimate box, and, and, yeah. and, and here's an add-on to it. <laughs> it's like, no! Yeah. It does not say, it does not define which what is contained within the ultimate box. Hmm. It says it brings together the best console racing game of 2008 with a host of new content. <laughs> so it's hmm. very unspecific about what that new content is. Now, I'm not even sure the one they released last includes that Cops and Robbers update because they added that, didn't they, at one point? And I can't remember yeah. if that was before or after Big Surf. I wonder if that's any good because that kind of harkens back to good old sort of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Apparently, it is probably the only way to play it online. You know, so I've heard. I sort of read somewhere that it's actually that. It's that. It is actually that good. You have to. It sort of takes over how you play Burnout. So, did you play the Blur Beta? Are you playing that on PC? Oh, Xbox. You just sign up on the website and you get a uh, download code. Anyone can do it. Like it's limited. Any, well, like, it's weird, because I saw on Joystick that they had a competition to give away beta codes. Um, but you like just got... Six and, a half thousand, six and a half thousand beta codes they had, and I was like, okay, maybe it is fairly limited, and they've just, you know, got a competition to give them out, and this is how they're going to get the publicity for it. And it's like, no, no, you just go on the website, sign up, and then when you view your... Um, I found it a bit confusing, but you have to, once you've entered your details and you've registered on the site, you then go look at your own profile as if you were going to edit it, like you do on Facebook or whatever, and right. um, and there it says your, your beta redemption code, and it even gives you 48 hours of free live if you want it as well. <laughs> Maybe it helps that you're British or something, I don't know. <laughs> I think that always helps. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like... the only British one here. <laughs> if one is British, I don't have to say yeah. one. Do I? <laughs> Royal one. <laughs> so if, if one is British, then one gets certain advantages in life. Well, bizarre, obviously English. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe no, stick is talking to. Anyway, just speculating. Yeah, maybe it's limited in America because I don't know. Maybe they haven't finished off that version of the code. But I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't understand their process. Have you heard about this shooter called Brink? I was 
Have you heard about this? Oh, I saw a video for it the other day, and I had not heard anything about it, but it, it's from those guys that made Enemy Territory, and subsequently, you know, Quake Wars, Enemy Territory, Quake Wars, they're British. Um, but anyway, it's this shooter... Um, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, 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 it's not by the, um, the guy that made Black. Oh, I heard about that as well. Maybe that's the same thing. Well, this is a very well-informed podcast going <laughs> <Yeah>. on here. <laughs> Can you look up Brink for a sec? Go, like go a, man of internet. It's like a shooter. Now a we have to wait for my internet to start. Okay, here it comes. It's like Get ready for the typing. I love the suspense on us waiting for his IE to start. It's like, <laughs> get ready for the internet. Here it comes. <laughs> I don't know why IE takes long to load when it's integrated into the shell of bloody Windows. <laughs> it sort of isn't anymore. Oh, that's... Yeah, it's it's still a separate process, but... That's true. Apparently, they've, um, if we want to go techie, they've sort of decoupled it from, from Windows to a certain degree. Um, oh, in the service packs. Yeah, so so things like Steam and stuff don't, don't rely on it to get their info. Splash damage, apparently. Splash damage is. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's like this shooter thing. Um, it's like multiplayer and and single player, and you you can earn experience in either, and they affect both sides or whatever. So you can earn experience in single player, and that will affect multiplayer. And the same with like guns and stuff and upgrades and things. And um, well, the thing that caught my eye was it has quite a cool like visual style, a bit slightly cartoony, but fairly realistic. But it has like an almost mirror's edge like sort of movement system where you can like vault. And like uh, you know, duck under things and stuff in the environment, but coupled with a proper shooter. Would be all right. I said maybe they sort of saw Mirror's Edge and thought, you know what, this is fine apart from the combat. And then yeah, which was true. And um, sort of yeah, sort of say where we can make sense of this. Yeah. Oh, I know what 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 I how I got onto this because I saw something where it was like a YouTube video of the trailer for it, but someone had dubbed over. Uh, all the Team Fortress sounds because they realised how much <laughs> the, how much it looked like Team Fortress. Like it I am heavy like, weapons guy. Yeah, it does look a, a lot like it's 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 borrowed quite a bit from Team Fortress in some aspects. But um, it's uh, only ham. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. It was quite funny. But um, oh man, yeah. this this staff list page on the on the splash damage page has, of course, it has all of their nicknames or gamer tags in between their actual names. So you can have such hilarious, hilariously named people as Arnie Olaf Hallingstad, <laughs> and his tag is AO. Imaginative. <laughs> He's fought long and hard about that one. It's not, even, it's not even that easy to say, is it? It's like, you're right. Oh, and Fab his nickname is Fab, with three A's. Fab. No, Fab. <laughs> the car. Yeah, because when I saw, I saw like a developer interview, and they sounded quite foreign, despite the fact they were supposedly based in... Well, in it's called London. their flags next to their names. It looks like at least 50% English, and then a random selection of other places. Okay. Although it, it has split off England into, like, there's also separate flags for Scotland and Wales. So it is literally England. Yeah. Because, like, actually, thinking back, one of the developers talking was painfully English, and that he was trying to, he was talking about being a badass. 
you know, having, <laughs> bad, <that's> <laughs> people say that. And ha- having tea on the veranda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can upgrade your weapons to show what, uh, how much of a badass you are. <laughs> can, can one please show me the direction to your water closet? <laughs> oh dear, it just sounded pretty dumb. But the movement did look pretty smooth, like first person sort of vaulting over stuff, uh, combined with having a, you know, a gun out at all times for shooting people. It looked quite interesting, especially in a multiplayer shooter kind of environment. You know, like Battlefield where you can like really run over the environment you can sort of parkour properly over the environment rather than sort of having to find your way around railings and ladders and stuff. It's quite a cool jump concept. Jump onto things. Yeah, exactly. It has like an action button which will do a jump or a vault depending on where you're looking. Like if you look up, it will vault over an arch or something. Or if you look down, it will do the um, the dive thing. Yeah, not dive, you know, it's slide. Mm. Yeah, like in Mirror's Edge, yeah. Yeah, uh, which looked right. cool because, like, in Mirror's Edge, obviously, you do the slide thing mostly, like, if you've got to get under an obstacle or something, but you're doing the, the run, right? But in this, if you do the slide thing, it looks really cool in the demo video that I was watching. He slides into cover, and it just looks like something you would naturally do if you were actually in a firefight. You would sort of dive into cover. And you don't really get that in games. You sort of run into cover, but you yeah, don't well, to, well, to, to, to come to come full circle, I, you know, I have to say that Uncharted does that pretty well. You do sort of. Oh, does it? If if you're running towards something, you can push uh, the cover button quite early, and he'll do a a fairly uh, realistic-looking slide into it. Most of the time, that doesn't happen though, because you're like going from cover to cover, so you you awkwardly stand up and then duck down again, which doesn't look quite right. Um, it doesn't do transitions yeah. as well as Gears of War, for instance. Um, okay. Then again, Gears does it as well, doesn't it? You sort of go yeah. into the wall, don't you? <laughs> in a sort of overly <laughs> slidey like fashion. You run in and the stick, mid- In like the you? middle of your crouch animation, you kind of go... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because Mass Effect 2 does the exact same thing. That's like the most Gears thing it does. I mean, it does copy the Gears combat, but the, the thing that goes, oh my god, Gears of War, is the way when you, you hold down A to run, and then if you're still holding it down when you get to one of that sort of chest-high cover stuff, you suck into it, just like you do in Gears. Uh, so that at the mm. moment you do that, you think, okay, I know where I am, I'm just doing Gears of War, basically. What was that? <laughs> it just sounded like it was playing music there for a second. Like, Except one thing about Mass Effect environments is that uh, it's not quite, they haven't quite got down quite as well as Gears of War the hiding, the fact that every single room you come into is full of chest high walls. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is obvious, but like they try and integrate it into, into the environment. Well, whereas in Mass Effect, if you come into a. Uh, uh, lag. Yeah. You go into a room, it's full of chest high crates, and you know there's going to be an ambush immediately. You don't even have to worry about the fact that there's going to be an ambush, because you know there is, because there's a bunch of chest high walls, and you know there's going to be combat. So you just run towards the wall, stick into it, and before you even got into cover, enemies have appeared, but they haven't really surprised you, because you've seen the boxes, so you know exactly what's going to happen. I see what you mean. You kind of knew that with um, Mass Effect to a certain degree. Well, the first Mass Effect, because every every base and every bunker was exactly the same. So you knew, yeah. oh, this is the room where the fighting happens. Well, at least there was <laughs> that. Nowhere the, was the same. There was never any environments that had 
there, there was only one case in the original Mass Effect where there was really fighting in an environment where you didn't necessarily expect it, which was that first bit where you go into the doctor's office and then there's some punks there holding her up and then you shoot yeah. them and Garrus comes to help you. That's the only time, because yeah. all the other times it's like you're either in a mission where it's like, okay, there's definitely going to be shooting because this is the bit where we go shoot people, or you're on a planet and then you come to one of those stupid reinforced bunker things and then you go into it and it's like, now there's going to be shooting because we're in an environment where I can shoot things. <laughs> yeah. Very rarely one of those sections where there there isn't a shoot, um, some sort of shot fired, is there? You get the occasional one that's just the uh, hostage situation, but... I don't know, that kind of stuff... There's kind of one where you're on the biotic planet, where you go in and they're all peaceful to start with, but then if you piss them off you have to shoot your way back out. I guess that's one case where there's the correct environments for shooting, but not actually shooting. Silence. <laughs> they, really, they really have fixed it all, though. The whole, like, identical areas. Like, there's no identical areas in Mass Effect. I mean, uh, I say that. that There are, I think there might be one or two of those sort of uh, freighter ships, you know, from the original game that you occasionally, oh, you like, drop space. Yeah. Like, you go into their weird cargo hold, where it's like, why is there all this cargo just scattered around all over the place? How did it even get in there? The doors don't seem big enough to put that sort of cargo in. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think there might be a couple of those in the sequel, but I think they might all just be a completely different design. Like, there's some ama- amazing little set-piece, like, ten-minute missions in Mass Effect 2 where you're just wandering around and you're doing the planet scan, and occasionally when you're doing the scan you'll find a mission on a planet. Uh, well, actually, um, what happens is if you are start to scan a planet that has a mission on, then it flags it up so you can't miss them. Okay, that's then, good. So you, it just has like a, 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 a an arrow that points to where it is, and then you fire a probe into it. Uh, it's like a distress call that you're homing in on on the planet's surface, and you go down there. And they're little 10-minute missions that are all different and all have, like there was this brilliant one uh, uh, where you were just, you beam down, or, sorry, you fly down, you don't have a beaming. It's not Star Trek, <laughs> so. And, and, and uh, you're just, there's, there's not even any shooting. You're just on a, you're on a huge crashed ship that's on the edge of a cliff and it's about to fall off and you have to like make your way through the interior of it almost half-life like almost except of course third person as it's like teetering on the edge and you make your way down and get the data out of the computer and fly out of there before it falls off the cliff and it's only like a little sequence but somebody designed that whole level you know just for you finding it on that planet it's not like a cookie cutter you know little base you know like in the original game which is really cool that does sound good. That does sound good. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed that they've taken the uh, weird route with the DLC again. Like, um, you know, the, the, when they released Bring Down the Sky for Mass Effect 1, this short little yeah. extra mini campaign to add to it. They've done it again in Mass Effect 2, and that there's the new DLC is about 90 minutes long, or okay. several pounds, you know, it's... Uh, Right. Uh, 800 Microsoft points, however much that, you know, it's probably yeah. about that, isn't it? So the sort of six and a half, seven pound region. And I mean, uh, it's like for an hour and a half of gameplay, that just reeks of horrible, horrible rip. Yeah, I mean, considering the uh, value for money of the actual package of the, the actual game, you know, that is pretty horrendous. Although you do get a completely new gameplay mode in, well, uh, gameplay element in the in the dlc this time around because you get the vehicle which doesn't exist in the game uh 
Yeah, true. Yeah. I, it, does, does the first DLC actually include that? Because I, I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it's in this first set. I think so. Firewalker, isn't it, or something? I don't know what it's know. called, but... I think it does include the vehicle. I'm not sure, though. But the vehicle, actually, I've seen screenshots. It does look pretty cool, because it's like a sort of hover tank. So it looks like it will control, you know, in an actual cool way, rather than... A bit the... more floaty. A bit like the ghosts, yeah. you mean, from Halo, probably. Yeah, a bit like the ghosts from Halo, yeah. So that could be interesting. Um... Not sure, but uh, I mean, the game did fine without vehicle sections, I thought. But um, yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't mind them too much, but it was just a bit. It got a bit boring after a while. The Mako, there was no real of you know uh, fun element to it particularly. They, they were fine, but yeah, didn't really add to the game too much. Yeah, it's kind of well, cool landing on the moon and going for a quick jolly, but yeah. I mean, what it added was more sort of the sense of atmosphere and sort of and sort of size. That's what that's what it added. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, because yeah. if you're just if you're just going down to a bunch of corridors each time, then the world might not feel so big. But somehow, Mass Effect Two manages to um, manages It'll to feel big. Bit. Yeah, yeah. It might have been better if they uh, hadn't have limited you to those little areas quite so much. You know, make it feel a bit more like the planet was round or. No, it's weird that those operational areas, sort of, and sometimes on planets where you haven't heard anything about, and you just go land, and it's like, yeah, let's, we've got an operational area. We'd screw the rest of the planet. Um, this is this is the interesting <laughs> bit somehow. Oh yeah, no, no and, sense, uh, but I mean, yeah, I don't and, know what else they could have done. No, ad so. admittedly, to keep it in the sort of semi-realistic vibe. Um, there's also the fact that the uh, the planet graphics were just generally not that great. They were pretty bland. Yeah. And going to be. Yeah, the Terran ones didn't look so bad, but the sort of rocky ones sort of went a bit. We've we've generated this totally randomly. Well, yeah, they were all obviously procedurally generated. I thought it was actually quite clever how different some of them looked, and considering all the rock, all the actual geometry was like. I mean, obviously they were different geometry, but they were the same style, mm. you know. But the the way that the uh, the skies looked quite different, and the the weather and stuff, I thought that was actually you quite like, cool. the stars or whatever. That was yeah. Quite yeah. Decent. yeah, yeah. There was like was that, quite that cool. awesome planet that was really close to a red giant, so you could like turn around and it'd be filling the sky. That's yeah, quite that, awesome. That kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. Like uh, even, no one cares. <laughs> Well, we need to talk anyway. We're definitely over two hours now. Yeah, we're over the time now. I think we should talk yeah. about Mass Effect 2 next time, because I've got quite a lot to talk about <laughs> well, that. And I think... To be honest, if we continue to play the same games, because it's not like we have to rapidly play through games and then move on to something else. So no, 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 no. no. We, we, we have topics to talk about anyway, so... Yeah, we don't, we don't have the lifestyles to cover them uh, solely, yeah. do we? And, and if these two-hour segments are going to get considerably more varied, I think. <laughs> Yeah. But we've still got, as I say, we've still got a lot to go through. Like, as I say, you've got Mass Effect 2 to cover. I want to do Explosion Man at some point because it's all kinds oh, yeah. of awesome. And, I'm going to leave it at that. And there's Perfect Dark. Oh. It's got released on Explar this week. Do I get to play that tomorrow then? <laughs> I haven't bought it, but oh. uh, I tried the demo just to see what it's like, and you get the first mission. Uh, but blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's next time. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna uh, wrap it up, as Somehow. Ross would probably say. Make uh, up some kind of ending. So, uh, uh, oh, do we have to make up an ending? Yeah. Yeah, do, do we need a song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we haven't got any emails. Okay, well, that's it for the uh, salad cast. <laughs> inaugural first ever salad cast, so I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll check back next time. That was smooth. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, was, uh, that was a pretty slick ending. Um, yeah, I better stop this recording now.